time for the most action-packed podcast in the pro wrestling world. It's time for the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We bring you the latest and greatest in professional wrestling from the WWE and AEW to the excitement of the independent scene. You get it all here in one place. The Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Rob T and K-Bay Chris. What's up, everybody? That's right. It is time for the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yes, and I am your host, Rob T. And of course, with me all the time because I love him dearly and he's the best partner I could have ever hoped for. With me today is my co-host. Give it to me one time. E. Kaiser Kayfabe Chris. <laughs> what, are you German now? <laughs> yes. I'm going to introduce myself with as many languages as possible. Okay. This and I did study German in high school. I was the one that didn't want to take Spanish, quote unquote, because I figured I'd get it everywhere else. Really? So I German instead, yeah. Melissa did too. Oh, is that she, good? She, she knows a little, uh, well, I mean, she'll, uh, she can remember it. And then she says, I don't know, dude, German to me is the least romantic language out there. You sound like you're pissed every time you speak it. Yeah. It's the same with Japanese. Yeah. You sound like you're pissed every time you talk about it. Uh, but that's just me. It keeps <laughs> me in good graces with the owner of my company because the owner of my company is German. So, oh, okay. Okay. You talk to him in German every now and then? Yeah, every now and then I'll talk to him. <laughs> that's so. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Do you like the German chorizo? Dude, I love German food. And actually, he's starting a new business with a food truck. So this week he came in with all sorts of different, like, German sandwiches, the sausage, the meatloaf, the pulled pork, everything. Oh, so good. The only thing I know about German food is basically sausage and sauerkraut. Yes, and he makes a, like, I don't know if it's a stew, but it's like a mix of potatoes, uh, bratwurst, and sauerkraut. But you can't taste the sauerkraut. That's how really? he makes it. Yes, it's really good. Interesting, because I I hate sauerkraut. I can't stand sauerkraut. I usually don't like it either, but like, like I said, the way he makes it, you don't taste it. Yeah. Uh, I have tried German potato salad before. It's really good. I will you say that. German coleslaw? I think so. It's basically the same as regular coleslaw. They just don't use mayonnaise. Okay, then maybe I have it. I have. Yeah. So, so my... Okay, so my, I will get to wrestling in a second. So my, <laughs> we start talking about food. We're just uh, talking about Ludwig Kaiser right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my introduction or, or my whole German food thing comes at Worst Fest. Mm. So like you know, I get the sausage on a stick and yeah, I bet uh, you do. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> That's my fault. I set myself up for that one. Damn it! <laughs> Damn you, Chris. Anyway, um, then my wife she likes the um. What is it? So they have this little little plate there of the ham hocks and sauerkraut. That's what she has. Mm. Now I like the ham hocks, but yeah. I just I can't the do sauerkraut's the sauerkraut. Hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course they have like the ribs there that they do, that's just amazing. But really, that's that's the only real real German food I've ever had. I don't even know if, you can, if it if it constitutes German food because you know, I mean I don't know. Maybe it does. Beer. That's the other thing is beer. Yeah, beer. So, you know, but anyway. I know for my, my wedding, uh, my, my owner of my company was there and he got me a German cheesecake. He made me a German cheesecake for my really? wedding. Yeah, it was really good. What what makes it different that a German guy gave it to you or? I guess so. I guess so. Because <laughs> it tastes like the same thing. I, I guess so. <laughs> wow. So when I give you a cheesecake, it's a Mexican cheesecake. It's a Mexican cheesecake. <laughs> the oh, Mexican that's hilarious. Queso cake. 
Well, guys, uh, actually, today is actually Saturday. Um, I wasn't feeling too good last night, so we didn't do our normal recording. So that's why this uh, podcast is available a little bit later today. But uh, we are here this morning ready to talk about our recaps for the week. And we are going to actually, somebody would be calling me right now, right? We are actually going to start with Ross. No, I'm busy. So go ahead and kick it off there, Kayfabe Chris. All right. Well, we're going to start with Monday Night Raw because it's the beginning of the week and it's one of the, one of the flagship shows for WWE. So we come to start with the Judgment Day comes out to the ring. Rhea said that uh, AJ Styles found out last week that Judgment Day runs Monday Night Raw. Uh, AJ also found out that Dominic is all man. And uh, Balor says Styles crumbled under the pressure against Mysterio. Then Priest tells the crowd to rise and show respect to the greatest luchador in the history of the business, Dominic Mysterio. And, of course, you know, we get a lot of boos from the crowd. Uh, Dom says the Judgment Day are the only ones that ever believed in him. And last week, he proved all the doubters wrong when he beat Styles because he's built differently than everyone else. And he says the more he thinks about it, he's uh, this generation's... Eddie Guerrero, or better yet, Eddie Guerrero was this his generation's Dominic Mysterio. Now let me stop you right there. I was I was really excited about Eddie Guerrero being mentioned. Okay. Right. Do you think and I'm gonna let you finish up, but do you think this is just kind of a start of maybe going somewhere with Eddie Guerrero in the storyline? Hmm. I'm thinking so. Maybe they're playing to the real daddy thing yeah, that they that, did back in the day. Right. Um, who knows? Or maybe it's just because everyone knows that Eddie Guerrero is a fan favorite and it's just built to get more heat on, on Mysterio, on Dominic. Who knows? Right. I, I, I got to say this, though, and, and and I didn't mean to cut you off, but you you brought it back to my mind. Uh, they were close on Busted Open of getting to kind of the prediction or not even a prediction. What I was talking about, what I kind of wish would happen. Yeah. Did you hear that episode? Uh, refresh me. I know I did. I so, just can't think of what you're talking so, about. So, so, so bully Ray basically said, uh, asked Dave LaGreca what he thought about if Dominic took the last name Guerrero. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. and then if the, if the mom and, or the family got involved and that he basically told his mom that he, uh, regrets coming out of her and stuff like that or or he's ashamed of it or something like that like i was getting all kinds of marking out because i was like so close to what i was already saying if you remember yeah if they were to go that route it would be so cool so yeah so i don't know maybe they will and we know that they listen to busted open because busted open and we'll get to it more later but busted open was mentioned on smackdown yeah they were so Ooh, who knows, man? Maybe we will get that storyline. That would be so uh, cool. A lot of a uh, lot of little things in the works here. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, all right. Well, the OC comes out and Styles tells Dom to just shut up. And he says he wants to call himself this generation's Dominic Mysterio, but he's more like this. Eddie Guerrero. Oh, sorry. Um, more like this generation's Eddie Guerrero, but he's more like this generation's James Ellsworth. Which uh, Gallows calls him uh, Jimmy Nochin. <laughs> 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 and then uh, Styles tells uh, Dom there will come a time where he can hide behind uh, the Judgment Day. And then Valerie ta- reiter- reiterates that he started the club. And Anisha reminds him he is the toughest man in the building. And we go into our first match. So, uh, good opening segment. 
you know, uh, looks like we're going to have a little bit of uh, some time with the storyline here between uh, the Judgment Day and the OC. Now, the first match opens up with Finn Balor versus Carl Anderson. Uh, Anderson is an early aggressor as he works on the leg of Balor, including a dragon screw into the second rope. Uh, Balor is able to reverse to the, the offense and get a couple of near falls. And then Anderson hits a nice Arn Anderson-like spine buster on Balor for a two count. Then, uh, of course, Dominic gets on the apron as AJ pulls him down. And then Priest takes out Styles, tossing him, tossing him, fucking flinging him across the announce table all the way to the timekeeper's area. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just flew. Uh, Gallows takes out Priest with a big boot, but then Mama Ripley shoves Gallows into the ring post and power slams the shit out of Gallows on the outside. <laughs> and you could tell that amped her up because of the way she responded after. Yeah, that was a... That was a huge, I'll let it slam me. Yeah. Uh, uh, back in the ring, Anderson has Balor up, but Ripley low blows Anderson, or gives him a low blow, <laughs> allowing Balor to get the win. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so the winner, Finn Balor. So um, <laughs> now, we, we I don't think we talked about it because we, we didn't do a, a recap last week, but... Um, not to take away from this whole what happened in the match, but you, you did you hear about the whole double booking between Carl Anderson and WWE in New Japan? I did. I did. So. And New Japan, um, like they're threatening to strip him or something, right? Because he's a champion over there, right? Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, basically Carl Anderson was already scheduled to defend his never open weight title against Hukaleo at New Japan's uh, Battle Autumn event on November 5th. Um, in Osaka, Japan, the exact same day he is now advertised to join the OC against the Judgment Day at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, maybe it's just to get tension storyline wise, or maybe it's that there's legit heat between New Japan and WWE because of that, which sucks because that basically slams the door on the forbidden door option. But and isn't it already like there's already been reports? that forbidden door is slightly open with wwe i think they've been talking with representatives from gcw yeah right uh so the possibility definitely could be there so yeah i i I don't know i don't know what's going to happen with this maybe a last minute change around or something i think it's a good idea to keep that door open now the real question is is if there is a forbidden door open with uh wwe and new japan does that close the door for AEW in New Japan? You know what I mean? Because there's there's stars from there that, yeah. that show up to AEW. I um, feel New Japan's smart enough and they've been around long enough that they'll keep the door up, the front and the back door open, basically. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, just because they are they do everything they can to get their international talent on national television, basically. Mm-hmm. Um who knows? It's not like they can, like Carl Anderson can do both shows in one day because there's a 14 hour difference just in a flight right. between Osaka and, and uh, Riyadh. So, God dang, Chris, you really did do your homework there, didn't you? That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you the man, bro. You the man. That's what um, I do. It's definitely going to be something interesting to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. Um, one can only hope because can you imagine, bro, a world where. There are no doors and you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just think it'll personally, I think it'll help the business. You know, uh, I think it should be regulated. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. like uh, just to kind of give an example, you got like a Roman Reigns, who's, who's the universal undisputed universal champion, whatever, uh, who's got the two belts. 
and it goes on and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you get a challenge from someone in new japan yeah you know what i mean like that would be awesome i i think you know so i don't know that's just my my take on it but continue please continue. all right well the match itself was a really good match um i was a it wasn't as extravagant as i thought it was going to be considering the two bullet club members that were in there um, but it was still a good match nonetheless, you know, and of course the highlight with to me was Rhea Ripley body slamming gallows on the outside. I think that was kind of the, the takeaway from the whole match. Everybody, that's what everybody was talking about. But the one thing I do want to point out about this match is that I think it's a good reminder at just how good Carl Anderson is, uh, yeah. because Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows kind of get lost in the sauce sometimes when it comes to, their shenanigans that they do outside of the ring. And, you know, they are both very funny guys and they're very entertaining, but, you know, especially towards their, their end time there with WWE, there was a lot of stuff going on outside the ring. That was good stuff and hilarious and whatnot. But, you know, we forget these guys can go, man. And Carl Anderson definitely showed that during this match, man, he's, He's one hell of a talent for sure. Uh, I, I agree with you though. It is. It was a good match, but I think the one thing everybody focused on was Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I agree. And uh, again, that's take away from uh, you know WWE. But we talked about the Forbidden Door real quick. But um, New Japan has a lot of the Bullet Club members that could easily transfer in to do something in the storyline too. So yep, that's true. So all right. Well, we go to the back, and there's a segment with the Miz and Johnny Gargano. And the Miz asks what Gargano knows, and Johnny says the Miz knows what he knows. Then Gargano tells him to stop lying as Miz says he's going to the ring. We get back from commercial, and the Miz is in the ring as the camera shows off NASCAR drivers Corey LeJay and my favorite, the legendary Dale Earnhardt Jr., because I am a big NASCAR fan. So Really? I, I'm, dude, I was a big fan of Jr. I was a big fan of Jr. when he was a DEI before he left, uh, and I was a big fan of his daddy when he drove. You're a fan of NASCAR? You're not even white. I know, but I like the cumbia, you know, circles. So. <laughs> so That's good. I didn't think about that. <laughs> like everybody can play. They, go, they can left turn. So are fucking cumbia dancers, okay? <laughs> you, ever watch it, you ever watch it, mute it, and put cumbia music on while it's going? <laughs> oh, I should, right? I should. I should. I, yeah, I used to love watching NASCAR. I still do every now and then, but I haven't had to. Back in the day, I used to watch it religiously, like every week. So, wow! Did you drink Budweiser with it? I, I drank. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> did you I chew? Did, did you chew tobacco too? Oh no! Oh, okay, all right. So you 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 didn't go all the way redneck. I didn't go all the way. I didn't go all redneck. <laughs> so not country, you know, not yeah. householding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's buttermilk, baby. That's buttermilk, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, the Miz tells the camera to get him, get the camera off of Dell Jr. Um, as he could beat Jr. with a Tesla. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Miz says the truth is he decided to give a selfless act and share his expertise with an up and coming star. And uh, he who must not be named could not stand that he chose Tomasa Champa instead of him, basically. Uh, he said Tomasa has been missing, so if anyone sees him, to let him know. Which prompts Johnny Gargano to come out and say, we all know that's not true. He says he just texted Ciampa a few minutes ago and he's actually injured. So I actually was about to question that too, why Tomas Ciampa hasn't been there for a while. So looks like he is injured. Um, <clears throat> he tells Miz uh, if he wants Gargano and Loomis out of his life, that he needs to tell the truth. And Miz says he's been telling nothing but the truth. And then all of a sudden, 
freaking our truth comes out to a crowd pop. <laughs> that was a shock. Yeah. That was a shock, but go ahead. Yeah. So our truth says that Miz wants to tell the truth, so the truth is here. Um, and Miz is confused and calls Truth an idiot and for thinking North Carolina can handle his reasoning. Truth says not to talk down on his hometown's macaroni and cheese. I guess they're famous for their macaroni and cheese. Then uh, Truth challenges him to a match that Miz refuses. And then Gargano says that he knows that Dexter deflated his balls, but he didn't know he had any, he didn't have any left. <laughs> so, of course, Miz says he wants the match and he wants the truth, which prompts Gargano and Truth to uh, jinx each other and say, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> and of course, the match is on. So that I, that was so damn funny. Like, yeah. like, like at first it wasn't working for me, but then that I was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> I mean, it was nice to see our truth out again because we haven't seen him in, in weeks. Um, you know, aside from a twenty four seven capacity, which we haven't even seen that in in almost a couple months, really. Yeah. So um, the truth go tries to go for the five knuckle knuckle shuffle homage to his childhood hero John Cena, but uh, Miz takes him out with a kick. Then Miz gets distracted by someone in the crowd wearing a black hoodie and black gloves, presumably Dexter Loomis. So Truth is able to roll him up and get the win. So the winner of the match is the Truth, our Truth. And then the person in the crowd lifts the hoodie, and it turns out it's Johnny Gargano <laughs> playing yeah. mind games with the with the Miz. So a uh, decent match. Uh, like I said, it was nice to see our Truth in there again. Dude still looks like he can go at uh, what he's like fifty something now. He didn't even look that old. Uh, he looks the same that he did when he was freaking Ron Killings. Yeah, black don't crack. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will. Not. I will say one thing about this match. Um, the match was good, but the thing was is that there's been so many. There's there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about the backstage about uh, our truth and Shelton Benjamin. Supposedly, have you seen that? Uh, no. Okay, so there's been some scuttlebutt backstage reports that they've been putting them two together as a tag team. Hmm. Okay, and not only that, they're the the scuttlebutt's also been that they're kind of trying to they're they're going to start, I should say, turning them more serious, okay. to where they're going to be like kicking ass and stuff. Um, so I got to be honest, I was I was excited because I thought that's what we were going to get on Monday, like the beginning uh, of it. And yeah. then when, when I saw that that wasn't happening, I was like, okay. So then I, I made a call that I was completely wrong on. My call was that our uh, truth was going to lose and that it was going to be one of those things where he, he's kind of feeling bad because he lost sitting in the ring, like what the hell? And then Shelton Benjamin was going to come out and basically be like, is this all you are? Is a joke? Aren't you tired of it? You know what I'm saying? Like go yeah. that route. But then that didn't happen. So now I'm just really confused. Like, okay, was that even real reports going on? And it, and it had to be some truth to it because if you go and do, do search on this later, but Shelton Benjamin cut a promo on the main event uh, show. Mm -hmm. and, and it was about that. It was basically about how he's tired of being just kind of a second thought. He used to be known as, uh, what was it they used to call him? The, I can't even remember. It wasn't the golden like standard. There you go. He said, I used to be the golden standard Shelton Benjamin. And then he goes, now I'm just known as Shelton. And he walked off. That was a promo that he cut that was supposed to kind of lead into that. So um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come of it. But that that was yeah. the one thing I, I did want to say about the match that I was a little disappointed. Now, don't get me wrong. It was entertaining as hell. But yeah. I thought I thought we were going to kind of start that angle. Yeah. And maybe, you know what? Uh, instead of Miz TV next week, we get Truth TV. Eh, maybe. 
Maybe. We'll see. All right. Well, backstage, we have an interview with Candice LeRae, but it's interrupted by damage control. And Bailey says they will put her on the shelf just like they did to Becky Lynch. And Candice says that EO's not trustworthy, Dakota is spiteful, and Bailey is still not champion. Which Bailey says, yells, yet. And she says Candace doesn't have any friends here to help her as she shoves the camera down. And then we kind of hear Bailey yelling to get her. So presumably they basically gang jumped her. So uh, th- thanks for not saying the other word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to keep a PG, sir. <laughs> Trying to keep a PG. So it looks like, you know, she got a little beat down in the back, which I- I'm excited that Candace Ray is back. You know, she's with her husband, Johnny Gargano, but. It just seems that she's been like a squash talent lately. She has. I don't. I don't get that either. I, I, I'm hoping it builds to something. The only reason why I'm still hopeful is because we know it's Triple H behind the helms. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and we know he knows what he's doing. So, we got to let it play out. That's that's kind of what I think. We we definitely got to let it play out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well. Let's see. Then we get Elias and Matt Riddle backstage. Elias says that he's a serious artist and he has a long history of being interrupted. And he knows that Riddle and Ezekiel were close. So he's going to let last week slide where he interrupted him. But if it happens again, he won't. And of course, in comes Alpha Academy and Gable, who asks what their band name is called. Blink-180. Sheesh. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. That was funny. Yeah, Elias says he and Riddle are not a band, and he just got interrupted. So he challenges Otis and tells him to find out why WWE stands for a walk with Elias. And Gable says Otis eats pieces of crap like him for breakfast. And Riddle asks, Otis eats pieces of crap for breakfast? <laughs> uh, nice little Happy Gilmore line there. Yeah, call yeah. That. So, so we're going to get that match later tonight. It would have been um, funny. It would have been funnier if... Uh... When they were walking off, you would have heard uh, Otis go, "No," <laughs> just like just like it happened. <laughs> love that, love that. By the way, I saw a TikTok where people uh, were saying like the young generations today are only know the grown ups and after Adam Sandler movies and not the classics, which a lot of their stuff couldn't be made today. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Happy Gilmore is one of the best, man. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, then we get Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali. Or Mustafa Ali, rather. Yeah. Rollins, uh, Rollins comes to ringside wearing a bright-ass yellow suit, looking like a fucking banana. <laughs> uh, nice to see Ali getting some TV time, you know. Uh, Ali is so athletic, and his spots are so flawless. He's kind of like the the ricochet of the time right now. Except he's got more charisma. Yeah, he definitely does. He can talk. Ricochet, ricochet that's, that's the one thing that is holding him back. Is he can't yeah. talk. He doesn't, he, can't. he doesn't have a mouthpiece to help no. him out. Well, Theory with the upper hand early, but Ali is able to counter a whip into the ropes with a nice hurricane rana. Theory gets Ali to the outside and slams his head onto the commentator's table, followed by a reverse neck breaker off the apron to the floor. Then Theory tries to take a selfie, but Ali drop kicks him off the apron and hits a nice 450 splash on Theory onto the outside. So Ali with some momentum now. Another 450 attempt in the ring, but Ali uh, from Ali, but Theory moves and Ali rolls through, but gets dropped by Theory. Ali fights back and goes to the top rope, but Seth tries to get in the ring, distracting the ref, allowing Theory to knock down Ali and hit Eight Town down for the win. Theory winner, Austin Theory. And then uh, after the match, 
Uh, Rollins beats down Ali and says he doesn't belong in his WWE, basically throwing him into the crowd uh, and makes the way out to the stage. Uh, but out of nowhere, fucking Ali comes out of the way, comes flying. Uh, so they start exchanging blows until the officials separate them. Um, so Lisa's segment. Now, I don't know if you saw this. Apparently, and I didn't catch it, but apparently during this match, Seth made a comment in regards to Austin Theory, saying that Theory has a better chance in cashing in on Dana Brooke. I did hear that, yeah. And, and Brooke was Dana, upset. Dana Brooke got pissed. Yeah, she responded uh, with a tweet that says, Talk is cheap. I work my ass off every single day and will not tolerate this shit anymore. I can promise you I am the hardest working woman around. Never have taken off work. Always work through injuries. Prove multiple times I can fit any position given and do it with a smile. So... I guess there's some legit there because she got a little pissed. Yeah. Well, do you blame her? Yeah. You know, I mean, I hope, uh, I, I really hope Triple H can do something with her because, yeah, she's right. She has done everything that she stated, but nothing's worked. And that's just the, the fact of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't remember who said this, but somebody said it. And it was, it was, I think it was a legend. So maybe when I say it, you'll remember, but, there's there's a, tons of great talent out there, but unfortunately, they just are kind of good workers, and that's pretty much where it ends because yeah. they just can't get anything to stick. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I think that's what what's going on with Dana Brooke. You know, so I don't know. Only time will tell. But shit, I'd be pissed too if I was in her position. Yeah, you know, I really Seth as a locker room leader should know better than to really. I know it was just an off comment, but same time there's repercussions because you don't want to piss off somebody. I think though you, you so Elijah. <laughs> I think though I think though you they can get lost in the moment in their characters. You yeah. know what I mean? Um and, and and they're trying to play this character. And let's be honest, when especially somebody like Seth, when he gets into when he gets locked into that character, he becomes that. I mean, all these characters that they're playing. A lot of the times they are not characters. It's just an extension of themselves. You've heard it said before. It's just yeah. themselves turned up to 11, you know, and I think you can get lost in the moment. You can get uh, that adrenaline's pumping and you just kind of off the cuff kind of, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I really think Seth didn't mean anything by it. I, I think it just is one of those things where he said it in the moment. You know, so I would hope that he he did apologize to her in person and, you know, took care of that. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, backstage, we have Johnny Gargano on his way to check on his wife, Candice. But the Miz interrupts him and Gargano says, look, dude, not right now. I need to check on Candice. Um, and uh, see here. Oh, he hands him a card, right? Yeah. All right. I didn't put that in here. That's weird. Anyway, he hands him a card that's from... Um, him and Maurice and the you know Garano's like oh that's that's nice you know but then he realizes Miz doesn't sign it <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um but he's cut off by JBL and Baron Corbin uh he tells Gargano that when he sees a Hall of Famer he stops and respects him and JBL says if this was the Attitude Era Gargano would be carrying his bags mm. you know and he introduces himself, or Gargano introduces himself and shakes JBL's hands and then asks Corbin what his name is as he's changed it so many times. It's like, what is it? Happy, Constable, King? Oh, boring. Sorry, sorry. Baron. <laughs> uh, which JBL tells Gargano the modern day wrestling god will get Johnny wrestling tonight. So 
it's a nice little throwback to what JBL is doing. Um, we've heard rumors in the past about his bullying and stuff in the locker room, and it looks like they're kind of playing that out on television. Yeah. So. Yeah, and 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 I mean, I know you're about to get into the match, but JBL is still gold. I mean, he can talk. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's the epitome of what veterans do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he make and he makes it look so damn easy too. Side with his fucking empty hammer pants. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. It, it looks like one of those cholos going to their court date. This looks like a baggy ass suit. Um, all right. Well, before we get to that match, we have Omos versus four jobbers. Uh and it's shown what happened on SmackDown when Omos threw Braun out of the ring. And the bathroom MVP, break match. Yeah, pretty much. MVP asked the jobbers if he can do that to a man like Strowman, what chance do they have? And he respects their ambition and asks that they have good health assurance. And then he warns Strowman after Crown Jewel there will be only one monster in WWE. And, of course, you know, squash match, bathroom break. Yeah. Easy peasy. Lemon yeah. squeezy. So uh, what do you think about this whole Braun? you think it's an actual, like, just storyline Braun and uh, Omos, or is it just the Prince fantasy booking again? It's got to be the Prince fantasy booking because they're not putting more effort into it, you know? If there was, if it was a real storyline, you would have seen uh, Braun interrupt a match or do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there, there would be more interaction between the two. Um, so I think it's just part of the buffet of uh, requests that the prince has. He wanted to see two big guys go at it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, let's, let's sure. be let's be honest. Uh, I think um, Triple H said it one time a couple years ago when they first started doing these Saudi Arabia things. They're kind of disconnected at that. Well, at that point, they were disconnected with a lot of what's going on because they yeah. were, they were requesting Eddie Guerrero and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, well, they might get his son. Yeah, I know, but they were like, uh, he's dead. So who who knows? Maybe maybe the freaking prince was like, I want Andre the Giant, you know. And it's like, yeah, uh, he died back in the nineties, you know. So um, who knows, man? But I I do think it's one of those things where it was just the prince requesting two big guys go at it. All right. Maybe it's, right, a, well, maybe it's a fetish of his. Who knows? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, next match is Chad Gable versus Elias, which is weird because I thought it was supposed to be Otis versus Elias. Yeah, I know. But it turned was... out to be Gable instead. Um, but it's nice to see Elias back in the ring. You know, it's really crazy how much of a resemblance to Ezekiel he has. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And they wrestle, uh, they wrestle alike. You notice that? They do. They have a similar style, similar build. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and of course Gable is always fun to watch. Uh, I, I love seeing the folk style wrestling that Gable incorporates because I'm a big fan of that. Um, that move early on where he he basically tricked uh, Elias into going for a leg takedown. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a legit move in folk style where they they want you to basically shoot so right. that way you can get them down and get behind them for the points. Um, anyway, really good back and forth, which saw Otis play his part, of course, pulling the ropes mm -hmm. down as Elias was hitting the ropes, knocking him to the outside. Otis would later get on the apron to distract Elias, allowing Gable to get the ankle lock on, but Elias is able to counter into a roller for a two-count. Uh, then Gable with a modified Dominator for a near fall. Gable goes to top rope for a moonsault, but Elias sidesteps, and Gable is adjusting to land on his feet as Elias nails him with the knee to the face on the way down, which is a very nice spot. Like, yes, perfectly it was. Timed. It was. Perfectly timed. Even in slow-mo, it looked beautiful. So a near fall for Elias. Uh, Elias goes outside for a moment and sidesteps Otis, who goes into the ring post. So uh, poor Otis. I really feel like he's had more matches with the ring post lately than he has had in the ring. <laughs> poor guy. 
Elias knocks Gable back and hits Drift Away for the win. So your winner, Elias. Uh, after the match, Elias has a little bit of color from the head. So Otis uh, blindsides him as Riddle runs down for the save. Then Riddle checks on Elias and the in the match, basically. Crowd was kind of dead for this match. Yeah. Yeah. Very quiet, almost crickety. Yeah, which okay, I guess, but it really was a good match. Elias, I'll be honest, one of the first things I noticed during the match is I don't remember seeing Elias that athletic. You know what I'm saying? Um, not just yeah. in the not just in some of the high spot moves he pulled, but even in some of the grappling and stuff that he was doing. I mean Pro wrestling, yeah, I get it. Pro wrestling is what it is, but that takes skill. Yeah. And he he obviously has the skill. So this is one of the reasons why I really did enjoy this match. Because, like, you know, you and me being pro wrestling fans, we love the drama, of course, right? Uh, because that's a part of pro wrestling. But the action is something else that we really love. So when you see stuff yeah. like this going on, um, dude, it was great. I loved it. You know, the back and forth like that. The fact that he's showing he can hang with someone like Gable, right? Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was a beautiful match. It should have gotten a little bit more attention from the crowd, in my opinion. But, you know, wrestling fans are fickle. Daniel yeah. Bryan said it best. Yeah, it's true. All right, well, we go to the back, and we have Lowe in the back talking about that they have a Rhea problem. And, of course, Gallo says he's great with women and has an idea and leaves, which prompts Style and Anderson to agree that Gallows is terrible with women. So we come back from commercial, and Gallows is returning holding his groin, and takes Anderson's ice pack. Uh, Ripley evidently gave him a low blow. So now they had to come up with an answer to Rhea Ripley. So who do you think? Dude, I have no idea. I, I don't know who could who could come in and take on someone like Rhea and show um, that they have a chance, I guess. I, I really don't see it. Like, first thought came to my mind was Charlotte. But... The reason why I don't think that would work is because she doesn't just at first glance, she wouldn't mesh well. Like it's not a good combination with the OC. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would have to be somebody that was a good match. But she has yeah. had a tag team with AJ in the past. Yeah. But again, when you got AJ and the OC, we're talking about the club and Charlotte is just she she's a loner she's a star by herself you know what i'm saying so if it's charlotte great but i i just i don't know i don't know i thought she was going to come out last that night because they were in charlotte north carolina right right queen city yeah so yeah. you would think that that would be the perfect spot to to, to for her to come back but right we haven't even seen anything past like the vignette she did like after was it a SummerSlam? i think right a small vignette but we haven't seen anything since so right who, who do you think it is I had the same idea that it would be Charlotte. I don't yeah. think anybody else has an opportunity. To, I mean, not anybody, unless they get, like, Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah, but I see. I don't even see that happening either. It would have to be somebody else that they brought in. But then, of course, I'm left going, who would they bring in? You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so so I'm not I'm not too sure on that one. I do want to say something about this segment, though. The genius of, of the OC. Um, you've got a conversation going on with AJ and Gallows, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then they're talking about the Rhea problem and everything. And then the whole time in the back, you got Anderson sitting on the table with an ice bag to his nuts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like these guys are so good with the comedy, you know what I mean? And, and, and it just works so well. It's like, you're trying to pay attention to 
AJ and to Gallows. But if you notice in the back, you've got comedy gold happening at that point. Yeah. You know, I loved it. I loved, I loved that segment. I thought it was great. I, I thought the humor with, you know, Gallows say he knows how to handle women. Uh, and like, shouldn't you, you know, shouldn't you be hurt because of the body slam? He's like, what? That's yeah. foreplay or whatever it was he said yeah. <laughs> that he was turned on or something by it or whatever. So yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. It was great. <laughs> good segment. Good segment. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how this plays out with them. All right. Then we get the match of Baron Corbin versus Johnny Gargano. And uh, this match did basically what it was supposed to do. It showcased Gargano's wrestling ability while allowing Corbin to look dominant, you know, um, an, a nice you can wrestle chant from the crowd directed to Corbin, of course. Uh, at one point, Gargano gets on the commentary table and puts on JBL's hat before diving off and hitting Corbin with a tornado DDT onto the floor. Then Gargano with some kicks, but JBL sweeps the feet, allowing Corbin to hit end of days for the win. So your winner, Baron Corbin. Um, like I said, I like the fact that JBL's back and he's he's always gold, but I don't see any difference in Corbin. Yeah, same, same. Uh, if this was supposed to be a, kind of a rebranding or a repackaging or whatever, great. But there's got to be some kind of a a difference. Yeah. You know, I think Corbin, I mean, I know Corbin's already a cocky son of a bitch, but if you're going to have somebody like JBL, get a little more cockier. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that is what JBL was. So if you're going to have JBL in your corner, I think you need to play off of that. You know, I think there needs to be more of the whole arms up like that. And, and you know, there needs yeah. to be more of that. But he's doing the same song and dance, bottom line. So I agree with you. There's there's really nothing, nothing new. You know, it's just the same old Corbin. Hence what Johnny Gargano said, boring Corbin. Yeah. You know, no, no, no offense against Corbin meant because he is he's a great uh, competitor. Great in the ring. It's a great heel. He can get yeah. heat. He can get heat like nobody's business. But yes, it is pretty much just the same old song and dance. The other thing that I wanted to point out, I don't remember what move it was. I think it was when, uh, yeah, it was when JBL was was uh, sweet Gargano's legs. And, and there's and there's been a big problem of this overall in WWE, and 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 I think you probably have noticed it too, where you can tell they're waiting for the next spot to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, it doesn't look as, it doesn't flow. It doesn't, you could, t you know, it's like, you're supposed to suspend disbelief. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think when you do that, you're not suspending disbelief. It's like, you're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. I've seen that a couple of times happen in WWE on both Raw and SmackDown. And I think they need to be careful with that. That's, that's just my opinion. Um, real quick, I wanted to go back to, uh, the segment before. You were okay. talking about who could come against Rhea. This just popped into my head. What about Beth? Yeah, but then you'd have to bring Edge back. Like, does it make sense for Beth? I mean, I, I, of course she did, you know, take the concerto from Ripley, but same time, I feel like they're they're playing that with the Edge story. I, I agree. Uh, I, I think you could do it, though, but make Edge not be in the match. You see what I'm saying? He'd be out of the match he'd be outside at ringside i the 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 similarities in character i think that could work you know what i'm saying i think so i think so because it's not that the oc is is like quote unquote dark right but they're in the same ballpark like i could see them more meshing i can see them meshing well more with edge and beth than i can with charlotte 
You know what I mean? Okay. So like what I'm saying is next week on Raw or something like that, you know, Rhea does her thing again, but this time best music hits and she runs out. And then as she's getting the upper hand on Rhea, you see something going on in the ring with maybe AJ, for example. Then all of a sudden AJ gets ganged up on and then Edge comes out of nowhere. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so in a way, it's kind of like they're joining forces with the OC, but Edge is not going to be in the match. Or this just popped in right now. What if Carl Anderson, this is his out? He gets taken out before the thing so he can wrestle. That's what I'm saying. What if this would be his out? Okay. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And let's be honest, when you when you talk about the dynamic of the Bullet Club, it's almost like NWO, right? They yeah. they they get people in in to join the club. Yeah. Just saying, I mean, I know Edge is is Edge on his own, but what if he joined the club? Anything's yeah. possible. True. And technically it's not the Bullet Club, it's the club. So It's the club, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that's an idea. Now here's one I just thought about because we're doing this whole thing between they're trying to get back at, at Dominic Mysterio and the whole Eddie Guerrero storyline. Right. What about Shaw Guerrero? I thought about that too. I actually thought about she's that She's wrestled last... in WWE. I actually thought about that last week. The problem with Shaw, though, is I don't think... Have you seen her Instagram? Yeah. She's more into this whole... Uh, what do you call it? Bur- the burlesque thing. Like, Don't get me wrong. She's in great shape. Good God, is she in great shape. Um, <laughs> but... That's Dom's sister. Calm down. <laughs> but it's different. Uh, it's different than being in ring shape. You see what I'm yeah. saying? She yeah. would have to do a lot to get ready for something like that. She would have already had to have been doing that. Now, again, who's to say that hasn't been happening, right? right. But the other thing that came to my mind when I thought about Shaw is she didn't cut it. Like, she sucked. That's the whole reason why she didn't make it. Yeah. You know what I'm True. saying? Like, if you're not meant for this business, you're not just going to miraculously have the talent. Unless she kept training, I don't know. But I think, yeah, it could be a possibility. I don't think it's a likely one. That's just my opinion. Okay. Well, I guess we're still going to have to continue, continue to watch and see what happens. In this. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's great to speculate, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I was speculating about it last week, I even thought about could they bring back Vicky Guerrero? Yeah, but she's rolling with Nyla Rose right now. I know that was stealing the thing. shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> being a Guerrero, <laughs> being a Guerrero. Basically. So, all right. Well, we go to the back and we have a Bianca Belair interview from earlier. She says that she's held down the women's division for a year and says tonight is about payback. And tonight she's not stopping until Bailey is left with nothing. And then we go to Gargano again walking backstage, uh, and that's when the Miz hands him a get well card for Candice LeRae. So we already talked about that, so we'll skip yeah. past that. All right, so we get to the main event of the night, which is a Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair versus Bayley, which with damage control in a non-title match. Uh, this I'm not going to talk too much about the match because this I mean, it was a good match, and we've seen these two before, and they never disappoint. So I wasn't disappointed in this match either. But I want to talk about what happened towards the end of the match and after. All right? Okay. okay. So... Um, Bianca Belair powerbombs Bailey onto the commentary table and then slams her into the ring post, showing off her strength, of course. Uh, Sky, Kai and Sky get involved, which prompts the ref to eject them. Uh, so all, you know, the Kai and Sky and the ref are outside, and but all of a sudden, a woman comes off the top of the ring post with a crossbody 
on Kyan Sky and the ref taking him out, and it's freaking Nikki Cross. You know, uh, Belair goes back on the attack and hits the KOD on Bailey, but there's no ref. And then Nikki comes in and takes out uh, Bianca, allowing Bailey to capitalize and get the cover. Uh, so the ref is still out, but another one makes her way to the ring and makes the count one, two, three. So your winner in this match is Bailey. After the match, Nikki attacks Bailey and then stands tall, at least for whatever, how tall she can stand for five feet, you know, um, stands tall as we end the match. And <sighs> Nikki looked gorgeous. She did. She looked did. Beautiful. Yeah, she did. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely. Um, I'm with you on the match. Like, yeah, it was a good match, but I think I think Bully Ray said it best on Busted Open. Nobody cares about uh, damage control. Not yeah. in that. Not in that bad way. Like, I don't care about you. It's it's not that at all. It's it's they haven't given us anything to make us care about damage control. They mm-hmm. are not. They. I'm sorry, but. The chemistry between the three is not there. Yeah. You know, Bailey, I think, is being held back by having these two. And I get it. I, I get that she wanted probably to work with them to try to help bring them up. I understand yeah. that. But I think it's taken away from her uh, because Bailey by herself is gold. She's She's got it. She's a perfect heel. Um, yeah. And the bottom line is that the other two are not pulling their weight. So they haven't given us a reason to care about them at all. Um, and that's why I think the match was great. But as far as attention on the match, nobody really cared, man. Yeah. I, they, and the thing is, is they didn't care until Nikki Cross came in and did what she did. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, everybody cared. And, you know, all, all the all the women were like, holy shit. All the guys were like, damn, look at her. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki you Cross, know. not Nikki A.S.H. anymore. No, Nikki no. Cross. She no. has returned. Now, I got to say, the one thing that does intrigue me is that she was acting like uh sanity, uh, style. sanity style but but didn't look yeah. like sanity style so that's gonna be an interesting dynamic i can't wait for next week to see where this goes yeah you know what i mean yeah but well, i mean you talked about bianca or sorry bailey and how gold she is i mean you look at like since she's been back she came back with SummerSlam and the SummerSlam. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, beginning of SummerSlam. so she's already worked with of course you know you mentioned kind sky you've worked with uh roxanne Aaliyah, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, yep. Shotzi, Candice, uh, Oscar, Nikki, Bl- uh, Nikki Cross, and yeah. Alexa Bliss. Yeah, there's about eleven women that she's been able to pull out of catering just to get yeah. TV. Exactly, and 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 let's be real: the credit goes to her, not to yeah. the faction. Yeah. The faction alone. Okay, take Bailey out of the picture. If you just use Dakota Kai and Eoskai, they're not going to do that. It's all yeah. Bailey. Bailey needs to be on her own. Yeah. I think the only faction that would work with Bailey is a four horsewoman faction. Yeah. That's the only one. I think I think they need to fizzle out damage control. That's my opinion. Um that's cuz cuz right or or they need to give us a reason to care. You know what I mean? Yeah. They need to do something so despicable that the heat on them is massive. And whatever that despicable thing is needs to be done by Eosky and Dakota Kai, not by Bailey. Yeah, because the tag titles for the women's division have basically taken a, you know, backseat to everything. Yes, right now. exactly, exactly. So that's just kind of my opinion. Um, personally, I'm tired of of of. Uh, I'm starting to get tired of of Bianca being champion. Yeah, I think she uh, she's getting stale. Yeah, 
in my opinion. I think it's time for her to have a shift. I think it's time for her to maybe go heal um, or something, or the belt needs to come off. There needs, cause, cause again, going back to bully Ray, he's made this comment before that the drama is in the chase. You know, when you have it, you know, it's, it's even the only, like when you take Roman, for example, he's had the title as long as he's had it. Um, If it was him by himself, I don't know if he would have as much momentum as he's got now. I think the bloodline is what helps that. Yeah. Uh, but after a while, I think because right now the, the 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 focus is not and we'll talk more about this in SmackDown, but the focus is not necessarily on Roman and his title reign right now. It really is. Yeah. No. It's it's on the bloodline. Right. Whereas with uh, Bianca, the focus is on the title reign. And, and, and I could be the only one thinking this. I don't know. But I think there's some others that might be thinking this, too. And that's that. It's getting stale. It, there needs to be some kind of a change somewhere. There needs to either be a very um, worthy opponent that steps up or uh, some kind of heel turn or something. Because right now, for me, it, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of seeing her, honestly, at least with yeah. the belt. Yeah. You know. um, well, we'll see what happens. If anything, she can lose the belt to Bailey and then she can find a tag team partner and help elevate Kai and Tai. Kind yeah. guy. Kind guy. <laughs> Kind guy. I was gonna say they're back. They're back. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh because she, she's a great talent. There's no doubt yeah. about it. She's strong, agile. I mean, she's she's awesome. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm pretty much done. <laughs> so anyway, but that's raw. That's raw. So uh we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, and then the third segment, we'll get into AEW. And I'm really excited about getting to SmackDown because that, well, we'll just wait. For yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll, 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 talk. we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors and talk all things SmackDown. So keep it right here. Fellas, I know how it is. Your hair and beard are looking rough and you need to get it taken care of right away. The problem is, where do you go? Well, say no more because I have the perfect place just for you. At Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, you'll get that fresh cut and trim by well-trained professionals who know just how to get what you want, a man's cut and a man's trim. Dallas Jawan and Derek will hook you up with your tailored-to-you cut along with a straight razor shave and a relaxing hot towel treatment. These fellas will give you that old-school treatment where you sit back and relax and unwind while you get back to looking like a gentleman should. When you walk in the door, talk to old Dal and let him know that Rob T. and Kayfabe Chris sent you and he'll offer you a complimentary cold one or shot of whiskey. Stop by 322 West Hopkins Street in San Marcos, Texas or go online and make your appointment today at HanleysBarbershop.com. Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, where good times and good vibes make for a great look. Calm down. You know, you know where that's from, right? Yeah, Mr. Cotter. Okay, just checking. Yeah, 
<laughs> Mr. Carter. Looking good, Mr. Carter. <laughs> that was the old show in the 70s, people. Yeah. Those yeah they're probably around during the time. Yeah, they're probably like, what are y'all talking okay, about? Way before your time. <laughs> Up your nose with the rubber hose. Uh, <laughs> yes. The evolution of Mr. John Travolta. Yeah. Again, people go, may not even know. Yeah, you should go back and look at that if y'all are. Yeah, I mean, it was a funny show. It really was. It was a very funny show. Very funny <laughs> show. Uh, Horseshack. Yeah. That that voice of his was. Oh <laughs> I'm on a Horseshack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. All right. Well, we're back. Just got done talking about Raw, so we're going to go into SmackDown. So now the first 45 minutes of SmackDown were entertaining. As hell. As hell. First off, we have a, a match that starts with Ridge Holland and Butch of the Brawling Brutes, minus Sheamus because he was kind of written off television last week, um, versus you know Solo. Why? Huh? You know why he was written off, right? Yeah, he got married. Yeah. Did you so, see the pictures? Yeah, he had a little kilt on and everything. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I mean, I know we... We as Mexicans always think anybody with darker brown skin and black hair is Mexican, but <laughs> she looked Mexican. Yeah. She looked Mexican. She looked Mexican. <laughs> she was about to have a little Irish in her, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we get the Brawling Bruce versus Solo and Sami Zayn. Now, before the match, uh, Sami and the Bloodline are in the back, and Sami tells Jay that he needs all hands on deck tonight to ensure that they win. So, good match. Brawling Brutes trying to get some payback for the bloodline, taking out Sheamus last week. For those who didn't see, they basically um, took a chair to his arm on the on the ring steps. And uh, was this like an unknown lo- dislocated fracture or something? That's what they called it? Yeah, something? something like that. So, all right. Well, Butch with a cloverleaf attempt, but Jimmy makes the distraction, allowing Sammy to get a roll up for a two count. Now, Butch is on the top of the rope about to hit a moonsault on Sammy, and you can kind of see Sammy's waiting there like he's waiting for him to come down because he has something planned. Yeah. But then Jay pulls him out, which prompts Sammy to get upset and ask him what he's doing. And Jay says, look, he was going to jump on you. I got you, Us. You know, I got you. Um, Holland runs the Usos over as Sammy gets back in the ring, but Butch rolls up Sammy for the win. And then, of course, Sammy and Jay argue in the ring as Solo gets in Jay's face, and then Jimmy as well. Looked a, a little out of it. I texted you that he looked a little groggy. He did. He did. Um, Roman's music hits to a big pop as the champ comes out. Of course, he's taking his time there. So the bloodline looking very scared in the ring as we go to the first commercial break or second commercial break. So the match itself, decent match. I mean, we know the the brawling Bruce can go, and of course, you know Sammy and and Solo are also also really good, but. I want to talk about what happened when we came back from break. <laughs> so we come back from break, and, of course, Roman does his acknowledge me gimmick to the crowd. Real quick, can, can I say how funny it is that um, both announcers, uh, Wade Barrett and Michael Cole, made references as if to as if uh, Roman Reigns was the dad of the group? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was so funny because I think it started with Wade. Wade was like, the kids are in trouble, you know, or whatever. <laughs> And then uh, freaking Michael Cole's like daddy's home or something like. That. Yeah. Well, even the even the way the bloodline stood and the way they looked, um, right, you know, right, aside from Jimmy who looked fucking drunk as hell. Yeah. Um, they looked very like intimidated, scared. Right. right. You know, they're about to get the the leather belt out. Right. Exactly. So he does the acknowledgement gimmick, and then he says, "Now that he's acknowledged, they've acknowledged him. It's time to acknowledge the elephant in the room." 
And he doesn't say specifically, but he basically acknowledges Sammy and Jay and says that if they want to act like kids, he's going to treat them like kids. And he tells them to fix this thing between them right now. So we segue into an episode of Dr. Phil. <laughs> and Sammy basically pours his feelings out. Tell us what's wrong with you, <laughs> Sammy. What's wrong with you, honorary <laughs> oose? Um, he pours his feelings out and asks you know, Jay to bury the hatchet. And he offers his hand, but Jay says he's got about 10 seconds to get that hand out of his face. And uh, Jay proceeds to say, you know what? He doesn't like him. He doesn't like his face. He doesn't like his hair. And he says now he's part of the bloodline when he ain't even blood. And he calls him a fake ass. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. Sammy says, look, 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 why are you yelling at me? I'm trying to make peace. The tribal chief said that he wanted peace. Which instinctively Jay says, I'll give a damn what the trial chief wants, which Roman's face and his head. That was up. awesome. That was Perfectly like time was like, damn. <laughs> even, the, even the crowd like, you fucked up. Yeah. You fucked there, up. Right there, there needed to be that 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 sound bite that you hear all over TikTok. It was at this moment Roman. he knew he fucked up. <laughs> Someone's gonna put it on there. Someone's gonna put it on there. I guarantee you. Um so, of course, Roman Reigns turns to Jay and is about to go off on him. But Sammy, God bless him, <laughs> he tries to calm him down and says, look, you know, Jay's, Jay's been through a lot. Like, he's got a lot going on. And he's just he just hasn't been very, very oozy as of late. <laughs> Which even Jay, like, snaps back like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Roman just breaks down. Like, he's not even hiding it at this point. He tried break, to at first. He tried he to try to at first. He breaks character. He tries to hide it at first, but then he mm-hmm. just rolled with it. It was hilarious. Yeah. And the crowd didn't help with the Usi chant. Yeah. <laughs> so Roman says, All right, I'm going to roll with this. All right. Ask if that's the problem because he's not feeling Usi. <laughs> and of course, Jay's trying not to laugh. He's like rubbing his face, trying to calm himself down. Yeah. <laughs> and Roman says that he needs to find his inner Usi <laughs> or else. Hold on, time out. You gotta mention how <laughs> Jade turns around yeah. and, and the face away from the camera, but Roman brings him back, no, 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 come here, come here, stay here, stay here. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> and tells him to find his inner Usi <laughs> or else he's going to take the honorary away from Sammy and make him a full-fledged Usi. Or Better yet, change his name to Sammy Uso, which again prompts the crowd to with a Sammy Uso champ. And the look on Sammy's face was awesome. It was beautiful. He was like a kid that just got a new toy or candy. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, then Heyman puts over his match against Logan Paul before they go to the break. But this whole segment was just the most beautiful thing. And it wasn't like it was planned. No, you could tell it wasn't planned. No. You know, it was it was just Sammy off the off the fly doing what Sammy does, doing, and it's almost like Triple H probably went out there and said, "Hey, Sammy, go out there. No matter what, I want you to break the the bloodline, break their character, yeah, break their character." <laughs> and um, like you said, they they tried to hide it. Uh, Roman kind of like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with it. And Jimmy was Jimmy was trying to keep that tough oose persona, but he couldn't do it. He was you mean just Jay. Jay. Yeah, right. Jimmy, Jimmy was, was drunk in the back. He was. He looked like even his hair, the way he before the Roman came out and they're staying in the ring, like it just looked like his eyes were glossy. Yeah, very. 
And even during the match, he, like he got on the apron at one point, but he wasn't he didn't do much. He's kind of like slowly got back down. It was like seriously, yeah, yeah. So I noticed that. Um, I gotta tell you this to me, this segment made SmackDown last night. Yeah, this this was the segment. It was great. Um, there, I, I don't know if you've been watching, but there have been some like uh, videos released here and there. Uh, there was a kind of like an interview done with Solo, and he was talking a little bit about working with Sammy and stuff. And he mentions in his interview how Sammy is is he tries to break them, basically tries to break their characters, especially Solo because Solo is so stoic. Now, yeah. if you if you noticed last night, Solo was not in the camera shot. No, not and at all. that made me wonder if he was really like breaking down in this character or what. I don't know. I would have loved to have seen if he was breaking at all. But um, this was Paul beautiful. Heyman wasn't in the camera shot either. No, he wasn't. This was beautiful to me, man. I I thought it was great. Um, I mentioned this to you before we went on the air. Uh, that I bet you anything, Triple H was laughing his ass off in Gorilla, oh, yeah. whereas I don't think that would have been the case with Vince McMahon. No, you know, um, I thought it was awesome. The crowd absolutely enjoyed it, you know, and, and and the bottom line is, I think today's wrestling fan is in on the joke. And what I mean by that is that the majority of the wrestling fans get it. They they get we get that kayfabe is pretty much dead. Not you kayfabe. And I'm here. Sir. <laughs> um, we get that. So we know that what we're watching in the ring is stories. Like yeah. we understand that. So to see that happen for us as fans, it's gold. It's beautiful. It's hilarious. You know, it's like watching uh, a live production of a movie happen and being able to see the characters that we love joke around so much that they get out of character. I mean, that's entertaining. So yeah. it was great to me. I know we're going to get into the rest of SmackDown, but with the exception of, of the end to me, this made the show. There was nothing else that came out on the show that surpassed this, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And this was just in the first 45 minutes of the exactly, show. Exactly. Of a two-hour show. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. This this whole thing was just freaking brilliantly done. Yes. And, it was, and, again, it wasn't them trying to do any kind of bits or skits or something. It was just them having a family moment to, to resolve personal issues that right. just played out beautifully on camera right very much so and and i love um i gotta say i love how roman rolled with it yeah he did it he didn't try to ignore it he didn't he just he rolled with it and roman has definitely found his voice compared to just a few years ago you yeah. know so to be able to roll with that and 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 use it you know the way he used it against jay you know is that what it is is that what it is? You don't feel your inner Usi? <laughs> you know, what I mean, it was just, it was beautiful, man. Props oh to Roman God. for that. Roman, Roman did a great job. And props yeah. to Jay for the most part, keeping his composure and trying to keep that mean mug, you know. Yeah. But, but Jay, we saw you. <laughs> yeah. You know, we saw you laugh. Oh so uh, it was great. It was great. And you can even it. tell when he turned away before Roman pulled him back, like he was laughing at the crowd because he yeah. was trying not to get it on camera. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll go to the rest of the show. Uh, there's another vignette for the returning Viking Raiders, uh, presumably with Sarah Logan involved in that. How do you feel about that? 
I don't know if she's going to play any kind of wrestling aspect, at least not off the back. She'll probably just be like a, a valet or manager for the team. Right. But I'm talking about, I guess, the whole thing. Uh, I mean, because I'll tell you, I mean, I'm not I'm not feeling it just yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I get they want to stick with the Viking uh, gimmick, you know, yeah. or whatever. But the vignettes are cool. Right. It definitely gives you the Viking feel. But. I don't know. To me, the Viking gimmick, and, and you tell me if you agree or disagree, Chris, the Viking gimmick to me goes along the lines of what WWE was in the past. To me, the Viking gimmick goes, you remember when we were talking with uh, Don, Don Rodrigo mm-hmm. and he was talking about how AAPW, uh, they did a lot of that whole, like, he's a, he's from Canada, so he's the Canadian. Right. He's a, I think that's what this falls in line with, you know? Um, it, it needs to stay with the with the trash man gimmicks and the dentist gimmicks and yeah. you know whatever your job is that's your gimmick. I kind of feel like that's where the Viking gimmick falls into because I don't think anybody will take it very seriously. In my opinion, I know I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I look at it as what it is a gimmick, whereas the New Day and the, the Usos, it's not a gimmick. It's who they are. And and that's just my opinion. So I personally don't think it's going to work. Yeah, it's just hard because those two stars are, I mean, what are you going to revamp them as? Like, it's, it's you're right. That's it's, the hard part. Like, they, they've true. been known pretty much from NXT days as the Viking Raiders. It's true. I mean, you're you're definitely right about that. I mean, it, it goes back to what was that? What was that group um, that was in NXT? They did really well. They were kind of like a ripoff of the Road Warriors. Um, oh, uh, the Ascension? Yeah, them. That was another one. When they came to the main roster, it was kind of the same thing, you know? Um, granted, their, their gimmick was a little different, uh, but I don't know, man. It, it, it's hard. I get it that this is because in their real lives, they're really about that culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I get it, and they're trying to bring that into their wrestling persona. I, I just don't think it'll work. That's yeah. just my opinion. Well, you know, if anybody can make it work, it's Triple H. So true, very true. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. All right, we're going to our next match, which is the Maximum Male Models versus the New Day. Yeah, you can skip this one. Yeah, a, vi- <laughs> a video from earlier in the day uh, where Kofi asked who the who does the MMM think they are? Rick Martel and Tyler Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, more? I think they more look. They look more like the Ill- illegitimate sons of Rico and the Godfather, in my opinion. But whatever. <laughs> Um, I like that one better. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, the new of the day pretty much made this match, you yes. know, interesting for me because uh, I just I can't get behind the maximum male models and no I pun intended, either. no pun intended on that one. Uh, um, I understand again the gimmick, but to me, their wrestling just looks sloppy, almost disrespectful. You know, uh, especially with talent like the new day in the ring with them, right? So. Right. The only thing, the only thing that I'll be honest that I liked about this match, Maxine. (laughs) No, not even her. Um, The only thing I liked about it was uh, I don't even remember what move they did, but they did some move uh, where they they did a double team, and uh, when they were done, they just turned and posed. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was Madonna Vogue style. But it kind of it kind of reminded me of Edge and Christian. Oh yeah, the five second pose. Yeah, in a sense, that was the only thing. That I thought, okay, that's kind of funny. That was it. I, 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 I hate this gimmick. I, I hate the fact that they're making uh, Massey do this because 
this guy's got a lot more potential than this. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is the same dude that stood up to Brock Lesnar, even though he got his ass kicked right away. He still stood up to Brock Lesnar at the announce table. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. This is the same guy. Uh, he's big. He's intimidating. He deserves better than this. Triple H needs to work something else with this guy. I really hope that soon we're going to do away with this male model thing because it's just it's just not working. They're not yeah. Rick Martel. Rick Martel could make it work. Uh, yeah. uh, keep in mind, well, was, it's also the, the 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 time, the generation. True, true, true. Know. But but I got to be honest, and 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 someone that's a fan of the old school, I think if Rick Martel was around now, he would make that work. Yeah. Think about think back to to that time. Him by himself, there was just it worked. He had an arrogance about him. You know, he had the the <laughs> the bug spray looking thing. Like, yeah. I think it would still have worked for today because he really did own it. You can tell these guys aren't owning this. You can tell they don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it's so obvious and they're actually and, and we know we've seen Mansoor wrestle before. The guy can go. He's not looking the same. And the bottom line is if you're doing something you don't like, you're gonna half ass it. And and I think yeah. that's I honestly think that's what they're doing. But again, my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm still not captivated by this gimmick at no, all. No, they're not making us care at all. At yeah, all. Yeah, so um, again, bath and break kind of match. Yeah, but for the sake of uh, the podcast recapping, I watched it for you fans. <laughs> we um, put ourselves through torture just for you. <laughs> exactly. So you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so winner of that match was the new day. Uh, then we get uh, Kayla Braxton, who apparently is the only interviewer on SmackDown. I, don't know. <laughs> I noticed um, that she plays the Tony Giovanni part of SmackDown. What was her with her eyes? Did you? Oh, never mind. I don't know. <laughs> That, I don't know that that makeup wasn't working for her. Only in I my opinion, not. in my I guess opinion, not. Uh, but she interviewed Sonya Deville, and she asked Sonya about whether or not she's going to answer the open challenge from Ronda Rousey tonight. Which Sonya says that don't worry about what she's going to do, but someone who's not going to answer the challenge is Liv Morgan. Before Liv Morgan comes out of nowhere and attacks her again, as the officials separate them, and Liv is smiling. Which from last week's SmackDown, it looks like they're kind of going with a more aggressive. Harley Quinn style, yeah. uh, Liv Morgan, which is kind of her her gear look that she came when she came out with the Riot Squad back in the day. Right. Um, they're upping it a notch, which I kind of like this evolution of Liv Morgan. I'm liking it too, actually. I think they needed to do something with Liv, and she's embracing this. And so far for me, it's working. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, so then we get a, a short video of Braun Strowman talking about his match with Omos and capitalized on his feet of strength, kind of displaying some of the clips of his past feats of strength uh, that we've seen. Uh, then we go to the ring for the Ronda Rousey Open Challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And she basically does her little heat spiel on the mic, and she says, who's feeling lucky tonight? Which, surprise, surprise, who comes out? Emma. Yep. Emma, for those, uh, you know, Tennille Dashwood on uh, on the independent scene. But Emma, who hasn't been in WWE for five years, and of course Ronda, if you notice, was mocking her little dancing gimmick. Yes, that, I thought ring. that. I thought that was great. I yeah. thought that was great. So that was really good. Uh, this is an okay match. You know, it's nice to see Emma back, but even she looked kind of nervous in this match she and did. a little bit sloppy. She did. You know, 
Um, nice little callback to Tajiri where she did a tarantula on Ronda in the corner. Uh, of course, Ronda gets a Piper's Pit and an arm bar to make Emma submit. So, in this match, you got to, you got you definitely got to give it to Ronda. Never thought yeah. I would say that, but you got to give it to Ronda because she really did help Emma look better. Emma yeah. did look, she looked nervous. I don't blame her though. It has been five years. Think about it. She was probably thinking, are they going to remember me? Are they going to be excited about seeing me? Yeah. Um, you know, having all those thoughts at the same time while going in the ring and trying to perform with one of the best women MMA fighters to ever exist. Yeah. It, it's got to be a lot of pressure. Um, so although this might be considered kind of a, I wouldn't say a fail for her, but definitely not as good as it could have been. Yeah. Um, I still think she looked, she looked okay. Uh, and I think a big part of that was because of Ronda. Ronda actually did a great job of selling the, the offensive moves from Emma. So I got to give her credit for that. Um, it looks like Ronda is, is, has been under the learning tree there. And she's really coming off like a full-fledged WWE superstar. Not yeah. like when she first came in, when she was Ronda Rousey from UFC in the in the WWE. Now she's definitely can be called a WWE superstar, in my opinion. So you're right. It was a decent match. Uh, hopefully, as the weeks go on, we'll see Emma a little bit more. And get to see her on the mic because she was she was decent on the mic from what I remember. Yeah. Um, and then we can definitely see, uh, no pun intended, but the evolution of Emma um, and getting her back to where she was. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, it's that's a good question of whether or not she's going to be back or this is a one off. Right, right, right. Have they said anything about that? I thought I thought she they was back. they've been like you know like the dirt sheet. They say no, Emma's back. Emma's back, but nothing from WWE themselves. So gotcha, gotcha. So okay. we'll see what happens here. Um, after this, they announced that Bianca Belair is going to defend the Raw Women's Championship against Bailey at Crown Jewel in a last woman standing match. So then we get a, a segment of Jay and Paul Heyman outside Roman's locker room. It looks like Jay's trying to go in to explain himself, but Paul says, you know, let me talk to Roman for you, basically. Right. Uh, then we go in the back and we see Rhonda in the back, and Shayna Baszler comes up and congratulates her. Then uh, Natty, Natalia, comes up and says if she had answered the challenge, she would be the champ right now before Baszler basically chokes her out uh, and Ronda and Baszler walk away afterwards together. So mm. looks like they're still working with that alliance between the two uh, former UFC fighters. Right, right, right. So. That, that one's going to be interesting for sure. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that one. Yeah. All right. Then we get Legado de Fantasma versus Hit Row and a uh, man of their choice in a six-man tag match. And the third person in their team was Shinsuke <laughs> Yes, yes. Mr. Shinsuke Nakamura is back. Looked in pretty good shape. He did. You know? He did. Uh, the crowd, of course, paused for Nakamura. All three of the men go at it before the match. Uh, Zelina checks on one of her boys, but gets a drop kick from B-Fab. Uh... So, okay match. You know, I'm still not a fan of Top Dollar. The only thing I can say is he did do a kind of old-school top rope maneuver um, on the top rope, uh, allowing Shinsuke to get the, the pin afterwards. So, eh, it's okay match. You know, I'm still not a fan of, of it, bro. Yeah, I'm still not a fan either. Uh, Legado de Fantasma, though, they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've seen them on NXT. Um, 
I think they're going to escalate a little a little bit. Hit row, I'm still not caring. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I got to be honest. I saw them a couple of times when they used to have uh, Swerve in their group. They were a little bit more charismatic back then. Yeah. So I hate to say it, but I think Swerve was the main ingredient in that. And without him, it, it's just not working. Yeah, it's right not now working. it's not. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, then we get uh, Heyman in the back talking to Roman, and he shows him some footage of Logan sparring. And Paul says it only takes one lucky punch. And he says that he's talked to Logan Paul's doctor and that Logan Paul has broken his hand before, and now he has metal pins in his hands. Of course, you know, Roman saying, you know, he's only had three matches. He ain't going to do shit. And then Heyman two, decides, you know what? Two matches. Two matches. This is his third match. Yeah. Right. Uh, Heyman decides, you know, it's time for him to leave. He's going to go warm up the jet and takes off, basically. So then we get Kayla and real LA quick, Knight. real quick before you go on to that next part, I gotta say this: I have been looking a little bit at like some of that footage that uh, Paul showed to to Roman, mm-hmm. and um, I gotta eat a little crow here, okay? Because right. I haven't been a fan of Logan Paul since he's come into WWE. I've kind of looked at him him as a just an annoying uh, guy who got famous on the internet for right. whatever reason, um, but. Dude's legit, man. I mean, uh, he's 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 legit training. Um, I've heard his podcast a couple of times. It's good. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Um, so I, I gotta eat a little bit of crow. I think uh I think WWE is a perfect fit for Logan Paul. Um, he needs to do what Rhonda's done though, because like I said before, when Rhonda first came in, she was a UFC fighter in the WWE. Right now, Logan Paul is a uh, internet sensation in the WWE. Uh, he needs to get more matches under his belt for sure um, to get to that point where we can actually look at him as a, a WWE superstar. But I think yeah. he can do it. He does respect this business. I got to give him props for that. He respects it. He's taking it seriously. I don't know if you got to hear any of his latest, uh, one of his latest episodes on his podcast where he interviewed Sean. Shawn Michaels? I saw some clips on online, yeah. Okay, so the fact that he's training with Shawn Michaels, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, he's doing all the right things to get to that part where he's going to be considered a real WWE superstar. He's definitely taking the right steps. And he's got the right attitude, Chris. I got to say this. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm eating crow. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on board with Logan Paul. I can't say I'm a fan yet, but I can definitely say I'm on yeah. board with Logan Paul. I think it's, I think the match at, at Saudi Arabia will be good. Um, yeah. I, of course we all know he's not going to win. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I got to say, uh, Logan Paul, has definitely won my respect. I just wanted to make I wanted to make mention of that. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, it's a different time with the whole social media and the accessibility to internet knowledge, as opposed to back in the day when you had someone like Ken Shamrock or Dan Severn come in. Uh, more so, Ken Shamrock. Dan Severn didn't really last very long, but Ken no. Shamrock is still rolling in wrestling today. You know, and so you didn't get a lot of slack from him coming in. Right, you know, right. Legit threat. So we'll see how this plays out. But uh, we get Kayla and LA Knight in the back. Uh, LA Knight gets interrupted by Ricochet, and Ricochet tells him to stop acting like he's God's gift to SmackDown because when someone gets a head that big, uh, he might come in and knock, knock them down as LA Knight walks off. So now we get Karrion Cross versus Madcap Moss. Uh, decent so, you're match. Say, so you're saying it was Cross versus Moss? 
Cross versus Moss. Carrying versus Madcap Baby. <laughs> so, decent match. Went, definitely went longer than I expected it was going to go. Um, there was definitely a good offense back and forth between the two competitors. Uh, Scarlet was out, of course, dressed as like she was entering a Dolly Parton lookalike contest. I, saw that. She was wearing. I even said that. Like, what the hell is she wearing? <laughs> like, what the hell is she wearing? Anyway, uh, Cross gets the win. After the match, Cross puts on the Cross jacket uh, onto Moss and tells McIntyre that Moss put up a way better fight than him. And officials eventually have to pry Cross off of Madcap, who's passed out at this point. So, um, good match. I guess we're really not going to talk about the car accident from two weeks ago. Yeah, that's, I thought the same thing. I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah. Now, I will say this, uh, Chris. The reason probably why they didn't bring it up is I'm willing to bet money that uh, uh, McIntyre wasn't there because he was at the wedding. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's probably the reason why they didn't address it. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of looking like next week they will probably address the the car accident. I mean, Triple H knows better. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not just going to forget about it. Uh, another thing I did want to say is that I got to give props to uh, Karrion Cross. This man is, and he's he's been this way since NXT. You talk about someone embracing a character. This guy has done it. He stays in that mode. Um, yeah. I thought it was a great promo that he did while having the the move on Madcap Moss. Um, I thought it was great. It looked intimidating. It looked vicious. Um, I'm definitely all in with Karrion Cross as this uh, heel persona that I, I'm actually looking forward to when he gets off of McIntyre and possibly goes after Roman. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, I think that'll be one hell of a story. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Karrion Cross. I, I like his, uh, his gimmick. I like his, his character, basically the whole thing, the entrance, everything. I think it's yeah. perfect. Perfect. Madcap Moss. He's an awesome talent, dude. He proved it again in this match. He's great. I think there needs to be a change up. There needs to be a rehashing of, of his character. Um, the name Madcap does not fit him anymore. Yeah. Um, it needs to be either his name um, or something else. I, at this point, I think it just needs to be his name. Um, and then he just needs to kind of turn his his persona up to 11. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But there needs to be I a agree. Change. I just hope that this plays out with uh, Sammy is the one who caused the car accident. And he's like, I did it for the ooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that would, that would be kind of funny. Uh, anyway. Right. Well, we see Bray Wyatt uh, in the back pacing around. And then, of course, Kayla interviews uh, Rey Mysterio about his match next week for the IC title before Imperium comes in and basically lays him out. So we get Bray Wild making Ray, his way to real the- quick. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, right. but you 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 kind of uh, glanced over the Ray and and uh, Gunther thing. Gunther. I was asked I was asked a question this week by a friend of mine who's who's also a wrestling fan, and I want to ask you the same question. All right? Um, how do you feel? about Gunther. Gunther, you're the German guy. I don't know how to Gunther. say it. Gunther. How do you feel about Gunther being IC champ? I enjoy it because it brings legitimacy to a title that has lacked so much respect over the past few years. Yes. You yes. know, uh, it's been basically like a, uh, it's been a prop for the last few years. It has definitely lost a lot of uh legitimacy and respect we've talked about this in the past the ice title right. has been like a stepping stone title right uh, the workhorse the title. The, 
workhorse title from the mid card to the main event. Right. And I think that this will eventually lead to that because, uh, you know, Triple H is a fan of that old school mentality. So I think mm-hmm. he's definitely playing that way. But the fact that they're continuously showing Gunther as a dominant champion gives a lot more respect to that title than it has been shown in the past few years. That's exactly what I told my friend that asked that question. Honestly, Chris, I think the only thing missing from this right now is changing the damn belt back to the way it yeah. used to look. That's the only thing missing. It's yeah. it's just one of those things where, to me, the IC championship has always been a legitimate championship. Always, right? It's like yeah. you said, that workhorse championship. But to me right now, it just looks just, I'm, I'm talking about the phys- physical look of it. It looks like a toy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, they need to bring back that old style belt. I don't care if they change the strap, but the 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 middle part of it, it needs to look like that again. That's just my opinion. I yeah. hope Triple H brings it back, but I am loving Gunther as IC champ. Uh, like you said, he is a formidable champion. Um, looking at it right now, Ray ain't got a chance. Yeah. That's that's really how I see it, you know. And here's the thing. I'm not mad about it. I'm really not. I, I want to see who's going to try to take it off of him next. And it's not even that I'm technically a, a Gunther fan at all. It's just that's how strong this dude looks. I yeah. want to see, okay, Ray, go ahead, have your match. You're not going to get it. Who's going to try to take it off of him next? Well, apparently it was a good match, sir. What do you mean? The match itself. It's been recorded already. Oh, has it? Because they're flying to Saudi Arabia next week, so they're not going to oh, have it. Oh, that's slide. right. That's right. So you've already kind of seen like the spoilers. On yeah, it? but uh, okay. I, I mean, well, I you tell seen... tell me later. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you later. But uh, yeah. apparently, according to Dorsey, it was a good match. So well, that's cool. That's cool. I'm not. And and here's the thing. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been a good match because we all know how Ray is. Ray has yeah. proven time and time again he's a legend. He's yeah. legendary. He can go against the big the the bigger guys. He's proven that. Um. But uh, but yeah, that that was just kind of my take on it. I'm loving Guter as champion. So, but anyway, yeah, definitely go ahead. All right, so we go into the last five minutes of the show, and we finally get Ray uh, Bray Wyatt making his way to the ring, you know, with the most beautiful music ever. <laughs> uh, and uh, he says, "Look, it's just him and us, as far as you know, the crowd at there and presence, and of course on TV." He says, "No mask, no smoke and mirrors." Uh, he says, "This is the real Bray Wyatt, the man." And he talks about how his emotions can take him to a very dark place sometimes. And sometimes he just doesn't feel anything at all, you know. Um, and, but all of a sudden the lights go out and we get a unique video of Uncle Howdy on screen. Who, um, you notice he had like a little hat with a crown of thorns on it. I did. I did. A very, very religious kind of intake on there. Um, but somebody pointed out online that he's wearing a earring, cross earring, similar to what Bo Dallas wore during his time right. in WWE. So maybe it's Bo. Maybe it's Bo Dallas. Yeah. You know, it looked like a mask or at least some kind of prosthetic. Because yeah, because you could see his mouth moving behind it. Yeah. So, so yeah. What they're going to do with that? Um, I guess they're kind of slowly in- introduce different characters. Right. I guess almost like a multiple personality thing. Well, I think it's gonna have to. It, it's gonna have to be a little quicker, yeah. if if they're gonna go with the plans that they're saying they're gonna go with for Survivor Series. So yeah. look forward to seeing more reveals happen in the next coming weeks, uh, possibly two at a time or something. I don't know. Um, I will say this though, uh, 
I saw another thing online where it shows that the design of that mask could have been inspired by uh who was it uh i want to say it was very Wyndham, i think okay who who is we all know is very yeah. very good friends with the uh uh i guess with the family with the rotundas uh, yeah with the rotundas so uh yeah so i think he's uh, actually godfather to to bray okay so it doesn't surprise me then that that yeah. would be part of it um I gotta say, I love the I love the segment. I really do. I'm digging what they're doing with Bray right now. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's coming across as and, and this is what's making him so accessible to everybody. Don't get me wrong; everybody loves him already for being Bray Wyatt and who he's right. and who he's been. But I think what he's trying to do now with the character is really trying to get you to care about him, and he's doing a good job because especially with the way the times are right now, everybody is talking about mental health. Um, The light has been shined more on that. Um, And Bray Wyatt right now is coming across as a tortured soul, if you will, who deals with mental issues and, you know, things like depression. And that's, he may not be saying it outright, but in his promos, that's what you're getting. You know what I mean? So um, I'm liking it personally. I really am. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, now you mentioned about how they kind of have to move fast forward a little so they can get whatever the plans they have in for Survivor Series. Now here's the thought: What if they do that, but it's not what we think it's going to be? What if it's more like all these characters, the White Six, right? Right. It's the White Six, counting Bray Wyatt, so he's a six member. Right. So the five guy characters that they bring in, and Bray Wyatt has to fight all of them. And Survivor Series, so he has to kind of get, build a team to take him on, uh, battling the demons. Yeah, basically, and he he basically gets it loses Bray Wyatt loses and gets consumed in with the White Six. That's that's an interesting thought, man. I'm either way, I'm here for it. I, I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, that's cool. So, I like it. I like uh, it. But we're all you know again. Best part of of a SmackDown. Our opinion was the whole bloodline gimmick. The whole yeah, they did. that that made the show definitely, definitely, and 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 the Bray Wyatt thing is definitely good too because it's keeping that story going. Yeah. Now, did is it just me or did they announce that the Usos are going to be facing somebody or Brawling Brutes maybe at uh, Crown Jewel? I thought so. I so thought the so. Usos are able to it's, travel now. <laughs> it seemed kind of off to me though. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. Okay. I mean, I get it. There's kind of a storyline going there. Um, but yeah, I noticed that too. It's like, oh, I guess they got permission then. I mean, I guess um, it makes sense to have, they're going to need Jay there for the Logan Paul match. Like they're already been playing with that. So that he has to be there. So it makes sense. I just didn't think that Jimmy was able to travel. Uh, well, maybe he still isn't. Maybe between now and then you're going to hear something like, I don't know, he got sick or something, and then all of a sudden Solo is the one that's doing it. You know what I mean? It's called a hangover, sir. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and take another break. That was SmackDown for you. When we come back, we're going to get into Dynamite and Rampage this week. So keep it right here. We'll be back after, if I can find my mouse, there it is, after this word <laughs> from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Going on 10 years in the community, Metroflex Gym has been the place for back-to-basics, no-fluff training. At Metroflex, you'll have the resources available to you to reach your fitness goals, whatever they may be. 
Owner Daniel Haggerty is available and ready to help guide you in the proper direction to get the best results for your health. Want to lose weight, increase stamina, or gain mass? Daniel Haggerty is a licensed trainer with over 25 years experience in nutrition and training and knows how to get the most out of your workouts. Come by today for a visit at 2101 Clovis Barker Road, San Marcos, Texas, or call to make an appointment for a tour at 512-878-8575. Homegrown in the community and veteran-owned, Metroplex Gym is the hardcore training place for a hardcore workout. Call today. back we are back we are back and it's i like been to a- think we never left sir i'd like to believe that That's our fans we're in the fans dreams at night R- right right That's i can us. think elijah's lying there cuddled up with his little snakes squishmallow <laughs> whatever he has and he's just thinking about you and i we need to get we need to get plushies made of us and then I, elijah can can just rest his head on uh, mine's gonna be all mine's gonna be all stained <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> of his snake. Because of his snake. Because of uh, Frank. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my God. Oh we love we love you, Elijah. We love you. Yeah. Anyway, um, we've been talking all things WWE. Now it's time to get into AEW, baby. So we're gonna start with AEW Dynamite, and then we'll also touch on uh, AEW Rampage. So kayfabe, Chris. Take it away. Don't touch it. All right. Touch it. Touch it. Touch it. All right. Well, we start off with a tag team match. Elijah, stop touching it. Stop touching it. Put it down. (laughs) Wakey, wakey, hand off snakey, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's going to kill us. (laughs) He's going to get a text later. You are no longer the official podcast. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Anyway, go ahead. We start off with a tag team match. The Ring of Honor Pure Champion, Daniel Garcia, and the Ring of Honor Champion, the Ocho, Chris Jericho, versus Claudio Castanelli and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Hager, Parker, and Menard are at ringside. And, uh, of course, Claudio and Jericho start off. Claudio with a sequence of uppercuts. Dude's got some vicious uppercuts. Even back in the day when he was uh, Cesaro in WWE. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Garcia and Yuta tag in. Lots of chops and punches from Yuta. Um... The BBC had the upper hand as Parker and Menard pull Garcia and Jericho out of the way to get him to safety. Claudio with some uppercuts on Jericho, but Hager distracts him on the apron, allowing Jericho to hit a drop kick. Uh, back from break, Garcia has Claudio in a sleeper, but he's able to muscle him into a suplex. Jericho then goes in for the walls Jericho on Claudio, but Claudio flips him. Yuta tags in and gets a reverse slam on Jericho for a two count. And then Claudio with the assist to Yuta to deliver a spike DDT. Uh, Garcia ends up breaking the count. And then Yuta tosses him out and follows up with a splash on 2.0. Then Jericho brings the bat, his token bat, into the ring. But Claudio is able to stop him and power bombs him. And then goes for the swing before Garcia intervenes. But Claudio puts uh, Garcia on his back, on his shoulders. And then proceeds to swing Jericho with Garcia on his shoulders. Very nice. Mm-hmm. That dude Ridiculous is strong. Strength. Yeah, that dude is strong. Yeah. 
and we've heard it from wrestlers in the back like Cesaro is one of the, t- the strongest wrestlers um Claudio puts him on his back and swings Jericho with Garcia's shoulders and then Claudio takes out Hager and 2.0 on the outside before hitting a diving uppercut and a neutralizer on Jericho for the win so surprise winners of this match Claudio and Wheeler Yuta because we've seen a lot of dominance for the Jericho Appreciation Society as of late yeah the epitome so. of sports entertainers entertainers I love that <laughs> <laughs> I love that so it was a good match. Um, Wheeler Union and Claudio are amazing talents. And of course, Jericho and Garcia. Jericho could still go. The Yo, GOAT. We've been sleeping on Wheeler Yuta, dude. I think this whole uh, little exchange he had with MJF kind of gave him the rub. So yeah. he's definitely like climbing up that ladder. And he's getting better, which I'm sure you're about to get into, but he's getting better on the mic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of think this like, whole exchange between him and MJF forced him to up the mic skills. He even said it uh, on Busted Open when they interviewed him, I think it was last week or so, where he had, he definitely has the ring, the ring skill because he's constantly, you know, working on the craft, being in the independence and whatnot, but he didn't have to worry too much about promos. Right. Now that you're on TV, this is something you have to, 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 you know, pay attention to. So I really think this kind of thrust him into that. And it's working for him because he's he's definitely becoming a well-rounded talent and he's starting to rise, you know, to the top because, you know, the cream of the crop always yeah. rises to the top. Yeah. Thinking, 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 you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, my wife says that um, that I'm probably the best uh, Macho Man impression. That's what you should be tonight. If I had the stuff, I would. Well, I mean, you, kinda, I, you have a cowboy hat, so you can kind of like decorate it. I, I guess I could, right? But I don't have the streamers and stuff, you know. Again, you could pull that off quick. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll take a look, see what and I you got. You can even go with the black and white macho, the madness version True. of him. True, I could, I could. That's not a bad idea. For those of y'all that are wondering what we're talking about, I'm having a Halloween party tonight. But uh, yep. I guess I could do that and just start talking. I'm gonna show up dressed as Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying too, when it comes to Halloween, I love the costumes, but I think if you're gonna dress up, you need to you need to live the gimmick, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like for example, if I were to dress up like Macho Man tonight, I need to talk like Macho Man in everything that I'm doing, you know. Yeah. It's like, hey Rob, uh, you know, where's where are the drinks? The drinks will be in the ice chest where they're cooling out. Yeah. Cooling out because the macho man is just cool. <laughs> You know, you know, I everything, right? That's that's basically yeah. how I have to do it. I don't know, man. My wife's pretty creative. I'll I'll see uh, what we can pull off. Maybe we can do something like that. Yeah, we'll see. So, does that mean you're gonna come as Hulk Hogan? Oh, since, well, since we're the mega powers, you know, I could because I have my NWO shirt, and all I had to do is get a bandana and kind of like a fake white beard, right? Mustache. Right, right, right. You could. Mm-hmm. I'll see what I can do. I'll see it because, like I said, my wife is pretty creative. We'll see if we can pull something like that off. All right. So All right. we'll give it a shot. And I do have boots. I have my black boots, too. I don't have black boots, but I do have boots. Yeah. See? So, but we'll see. We'll see what we'll happens. Off. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, let's, let's after this on. match, we get backstage <laughs> with uh, Renee uh, Paquette as interviewing Brian Danielson. Daniel says, Danielson says he's frustrated about his recent losses, and he's frustrated with Wheeler talking back to him. And that Garcia betrayed him. And he says he's going to take all his frustrations out on Sammy Guevara tonight. Wheeler Yuta walks up and says he's glad he finally got Brian Danielson mad. 
And of course, they argue back and forth until Regal and Claudio interrupt them. Claudio says, after Danielson's win tonight, they're all going to sit down and discuss this like adults. And uh, mentions that it's really Yuta's birthday. And then Danielson says, happy birthday to Yuta as he walks off. So a little what they want to call dissension teasing in the back full combat club. Yeah, I, I definitely can see the dissension uh, in the group, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's a true dissension. I think it's more of uh, a difference of opinion right now, because even though Wheeler Yuta said that uh, Claudio agreed with him, right? Remember last week in that little uh, interview they had, even though he said that, you didn't get any 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 inkling of that from the brief right. exchange they had. Claudio wasn't there going like, yeah, he's right. He was basically trying to say, we're going to talk about this. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I guess dissension would be a good word for it. I just kind of right now look at it as a difference of opinion between Yuda and and Danielson. Um, yeah. So, but but I love I love where it's going. I love the way it's playing out. It's definitely definitely working for sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see that what comes out that in the coming weeks. Now, we saw an interesting promo video which shows uh, various occurrences of AEW that shows the elite, specifically the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. That was weird. Being kind of erased from those moments. Yeah. Before abruptly Thanos. going to commercial. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, and then they just went quick to commercial. Like, yeah. it was just a quick. So, yeah. and no mention of it, nothing. Nope. No, nothing at all. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing. I know there's talk about them imminently coming back pretty soon, but is it a gimmick change or are they trying to say that they're gone? But but see, it can't be that they're gone because Tony Khan wouldn't allow that to be a you know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. they were really leaving the company, he's not going to allow that to come out on the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's got to be something else. I'm thinking I'm thinking it's almost like a we're not going to be the same, you know, guys we were before. We're going to be different. Like, I, I, I think that's what it might be. But yeah, I guess we'll see. All right. Um, all right. Well, then we go in the back and we see the Jericho Appreciation Society screaming and arguing. Uh, they complain about Claudio cheating simply because the bat was in the ring at the time. Uh, and Jericho issues an open challenge for any former Ring of Honor champion to face him woman or man interesting yeah uh then of course sammy hypes his match against danison later on the night and then of course ty mello makes a comment um uh what's your face uh madison rain mm. and challenges her to a match on rampage so yeah and All you right. notice you notice the uh mic difficulties and that they were trying to change out the mics but they weren't getting a chance to do it because you could see tony shivani like trying to reach did you yeah. did you notice that i yeah. thought that was i thought that was kind of interesting but anyway yeah. all right well now we get the aw tag team championships number one contenders match between swerve and our glory versus ftr and so uh, we want to note that the guns are in the crowd dressed as ftr at the front row uh the acclaim music hits to a big pop and they set up chairs on the match on the ramp to watch the match so this this is a banger of a match it was this is a hell of a match it was you know Honestly, to recap, it really wouldn't do it justice. Um, both teams, two of the best teams on the roster, you know, bar none. Uh, the end would see FTR hit a big rig on Lee, which that was fucking impressive. It was. Or a two was. count that's interrupted by Swerve. Swerve ends up sending uh, Cash into the guns, 
And Dax rolls up Lee, but Swerve ends up low blowing or giving a low blow to Dax. I gotta stop saying that low blowing. <laughs> um, at the time, the guns are holding cash as Lee hits the. Damn beast. it! Now I got a visual. Stupid. God I know. <laughs> Fucking Swerve. Damn it. <laughs> that doesn't help, Chris. That yeah, doesn't help. Um, so the guns are holding cash as Lee hits the BBC for the win. So the winners and the new number one contenders for the AW Tag Team Championships swerve in our glory. So it, it was a great match, but I have to ask you a question. Did it look to you like Keith Lee was um, struggling? A little bit, yeah. I, I really got to wonder. I, I don't know exactly what happened to him health-wise, but I've seen enough tweets and stuff to know that there's something going on um almost like if he gets too i guess i don't i don't know if it's a heart condition or not all i know is i remember seeing a tweet where they were making a comment about keith's weight or the way he mm -hmm. looks right because he's gotten bigger yeah. um and mia yim responded saying if only you knew about the health conditions and if he's if he tries to lose or something like it's it, it could be bad for him so yeah. I don't know if that has something to do with it or not, but to me, he looked like he was struggling. He looked like he was missing some steps. He even looked out of breath in, in a few of the parts of the match. You know, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong; he still did great, but um, I just that was just something to me that was really noticeable. So I hope he's okay. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Um, but it was a good match, you know. So number new number one contenders for the acclaimed championship is Swerve in Our Glory. Uh then we get Renee with Soraya in the back, but they get up end up getting cut off by Britt Baker. This was cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh and they argue until Renee breaks it up and calls for a civil interview, which I guess is gonna take place next week on Dynamite. Right. I, I love the way Renee did it. Uh, uh Soraya said it best. I don't know if you saw her tweet. But uh, she pretty she said that Renee pretty much told him both to shut the fuck up is is what she did without saying the actual phrase. And yeah. I was like, if you look if you look back on it, that's exactly what she did. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I love I love it how they're using Renee. She's not coming off as any kind of a pushover. You yeah. know, she's doing her job as a, a not an announcer, but you know, an interviewer, interviewer or whatever. Yeah, uh, in the backstage area, but she's not letting anyone like push her over basically so right I'm, I'm really liking that a lot so yeah it was it was it was a cool small little segment um definitely seeing the heat between the two and i gotta say something about about the heat between soraya and brit it's very believable like this is past wrestling and the fact that they really don't like each other now, if you heard Soraya on Talk is Jericho, I think it was last week, you'll mm -hmm. know that's not the case because Britt was actually one of the big reasons why Soraya is there. She really worked hard to try to get her there. Um, yeah. So there's actually a, a friendship, but they're doing a great job of suspending that disbelief because I really buy the fact that they freaking hate each other. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So uh, great job uh, on both of their parts for sure. Good, good. All right, well, we're back from break and Renee is on the ramp and introduces MJF. And what a pop. <laughs> yeah, the crowd was hot for him, big pop. Uh, Renee asked him about his match against John Moxley, prompting MJF to, you know, mock his swag walk. And he did a great job he, of it. Yeah, he did a great job of it. Imitating what he said last week. 
And he says when it's, when he thinks of Moxley, it's a three letter word, mid. Yep. You know, referring yep. to him as a mid Carter. Yeah. Um, he refers to what Regal said last week uh, regarding the brass knuckles that Regal used during his career, saying that Regal didn't use him because he needed him. He used him because he wanted to, you know. So that prompts MJF to promise that at full gear, he's not going to use the diamond ring. You know, all he needs is a grudge and he's full of them. And he says that he's going to be finding every scumbag who said he wasn't good enough. And he's going to take that chip off his shoulder and shove it down their throats and become the new AEW world champion. But we get the little midget Stokely Hathaway <laughs> comes out dressed like fucking Mr. Rogers and wear some kind of cardigan or some <laughs> shit. I don't know what that he was wearing. Uh, he was. You're right. You're right, though. Yeah. You're right, though. Uh, and NJF says Stokely must have gotten a little too comfortable, and he tells him that he wants Moxley at 110%, and that he's not to be touched at all. And if Stokely doesn't listen to him, he's fired. And of course, you know, then he does his catchphrase to end the segment. So um, it looks like there's a little thing going on between him and Stokely. Yeah. Now, overall, great segment. Um, let's not forget to mention... Uh, the facials of renee it was it was perfect all of it was great yeah um i love the way she, she reacted and here's the thing this is and, and and i don't know if you caught this chris but had renee still been in wwe and moxley and and, and they were together there right they, yeah. they were um never ever did they do anything in segments or storylines or anything to show that there was any kind of connection never right i think maybe a handful of times uh, they might have said something, but never it was it done. However, in AEW, they're making it clear, and Renee's actually responding and reacting to the negativity against her husband. Yeah. So I caught that, and I'm thinking this is gonna this is going to play a role soon. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some kind of storyline. It may not be with MJF, but in the in some other storyline, it could come up. I think. Could it be that Renee may get in the ring? That I don't know, but. I, I do see there being it's going to be a, 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 an ongoing thing that it will probably be shown that they are married. Everybody knows it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the fact that they're acknowledging like this in storylines, I liked it. I, I loved her reactions. I love the rolling of the eyes. I love all of that. Like she's she's going to be professional, but I still hate this piece of crap. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. You know, so I thought that was that was something worth mentioning. Okay. Well, uh, next match we get is Sammy Guevara versus Brian Danielson. Another banger match. You know, uh, both men worked very snug. They didn't hold back. Uh, best part of this match to me was even though Ty Mella was out there, she didn't get involved. Agreed. Thankfully. Agreed. You know, she didn't have any part in it. Um, dude, Sammy's chest looked like a cheese grater went over it. <laughs> like it was just red and ugh, looked yes. ugly. Yes, yes. Uh, the match ends after Danielson stomps onto Sammy's face and rolls him into a triangle, gives a couple of elbows to the crown of the head, and uh, Sammy passes out, uh, a la, you know, Casey Blackrose style. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so the winner, Brian Danielson. So this is a really good match. Uh, I know you indicate that he, it was a submission, even though he didn't technically submit, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. uh, but it was still a good match, and I was finally glad to see the fact that time Mello didn't do shit because I can't yeah. stand her. Great match. Um, one thing I do want to say is Sam, Sammy Guevara is doing a great job of getting heat on himself because 
online, you hear so much shit talking against him. Yeah. That it's like, I, I can't believe you people hate him so much that y'all are even going to the extent of saying he's not, that he sucks. Yeah. Bottom line is he doesn't suck. No. He is one hell of a performer. Um, I love the fact that Ty Mello did not interfere because you got two contrasting styles, man. You got Sammy Guevara, who's the more high flyer, athletic, you know, type of acrobatic moves and does them well. You know what I mean? Um, whereas Danielson is more technical, you know, and you said it best. I love the fact that they were working snug, nice, tight and snug, which which also I got to admit really kind of makes me wonder about the comment that um, uh, what's his face made Andrade made saying that Sammy complained about being hit too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about that now because they were hitting hard. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't say that, but maybe he now knows that in order for it to really look good, you got to throw those haymakers. You got to, you know, really make it, make it work nice and snug. Right. Personally, I didn't see anything wrong with the match at all, at all. I thought it was great. Loved the action, loved the violence in it. Loved what they did. I mean, you got two great ones in the ring, so it's, it's not surprising. So, yeah, top-notch match. Definitely. All right, well, we got Renee in the back again with uh, Phoenix and Alex Abrahantes. Uh Phoenix believes in his brother and says even he can be a double champion too, which prompts Christian and Luchasaurus to interrupt him. Christian says that Luchasaurus deserves a shot at the All-Atlantic title, and then we see Orange Cassidy step in and basically says, y'all talking about me? <laughs> and says next week let's do this so there is going to be a triple threat match next week on dynamite between orange cassidy luchasaurus and phoenix um i love how orange cassidy just carries the title in a backpack oh i know i know it goes it's <laughs> it goes so well with his with his uh character you yeah because that's what he would do it's like yeah i won yeah yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was nice all right uh we have a grudge match between rio versus jamie hater uh, good match. You know, it's nice to see Rio back in the ring. This was the uh, sleeper for me. Not, 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 I don't mean like uh, it was boring. What I mean is I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Right. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. to me was like, oh, shit. Like, don't get me wrong. I know Rio can go. I've seen her before. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 almost like the whole thing with Ray and uh, Ray Mysterio and Gunther. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you really got to make it believable she did man it was a yeah. great match yeah definitely definitely um so the good match saw hater hit a big kick and a ripcord area for the win so winner jamie hater and then tony storm comes to the rap and stares at hater and baker as we go to break um i didn't notice this but tony storm looks like uh christy swanson she played buffy the vampire slayer in the movie with luke perry oh snap and I was a huge, I was so in love with Christy Swanson. And when I saw, I noticed that, because I just recently watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. So I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. <laughs> That's why I love her. Wow. She reminds you of Christy Swanson. I didn't even think of it until you said it. That's, yeah. you're right. It looks she almost does. exactly like her. She does. Uh, one thing I did want to mention in this match is I'm, I'm wondering if Jamie Hayter gave some fashion tips to Riho. Because Riho was also wearing those leg things around her thighs. 
like yeah. Jamie Hader does. Yeah. Like maybe Jamie told her, you know, this will accent your butt more, so it'll pop out. And I guess and, so. And Riho's like, oh yeah, let's do it. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> is that how she said it? <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, she is she's Japanese. Oh yeah, do it. Oh, you know? <laughs> that's not racist. <laughs> no, we're just pointing out facts, people. Yes, so we yes. do here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh go my ahead. god. All right. Well, uh, again, Renee in the back. One two show butt. One two show butt. You like? You like? You have to do. You have to do with the delayed motion on your mouth, like the the, the Japanese. One two show butt. Nice, nice. He's right. got zero. <laughs> Another interview in the back <laughs> with Renee and uh, Eddie Kingston, Kofi's cousin. That was uh, interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Renee asked his thought on Mox's match, and uh, he says, although it's going to be hard because Penta is a tough competitor, he says Moxie's going to win. As far as everyone else, just to, to leave him alone and walks off. So um, at you gotta, this point, I think you got to get into a little deeper, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was the whole... The whole thing about that little interview, the way he came in, it was almost like it reminded me of, uh, oh, I don't remember who the NFL guy was that did it. But when he interviewed, he's like, he's like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what it felt like to me. Like, like I got to play my part in this, but I'm really not happy. Yeah. You know, because of the facials that he was making, the fact that when they were done with the interview, that face he made, like, screw y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's I, I I think that's a really that for me that was the real takeaway from this interview. Yeah. And and honestly, in this particular interview, and I kind of see it in some of the other ones, mostly with the men, but when Renee interviews someone, she looks a little hesitant. Like mm. almost a little bit scared. Right. Uh and again, this could have been the whole play with the Eddie Kingston thing, but I've noticed in a couple of the other interviews, uh specifically with the men interviews, that she's a little more hesitant. It could just be because she's not used to the charisma that these characters bring versus what wwe brings i don't know but it's a different dynamic for sure because it's almost like i think with wwe when 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 the characters are interviewed there there's still a leash on them if you will whereas in aew there's no leash you don't know what they're gonna say there's no script right so so she could be reacting to that you know that's new to her you know uh who knows if before the camera comes on you know she says well i'm gonna ask this question what are you gonna say their response could be i don't know we'll see what comes up yeah so she's hesitant now what's he gonna say you know so i i can see that but it's gonna take her some time to kind of get acclimated to it but but she'll be all right yeah, yeah. all right well then we get the aw world championship match between penta aceta metal versus john moxley uh really really good match uh Saw both their men go through their plethora of arsenal moves. Uh, the match ends after Penta springboards into a series of death riders and Moxie gets the win. Yeah. So your winner and still AEW world champion, John Moxley. Now, after the match, though, we have the firm come out. Specifically, we see uh, W. Morrissey come out, attack Mox, and the rest of the firm comes in as well. And then uh, Mr. Rogers, Stokely, comes to the ring looking irate as security runs down and tries to stop the assault but they can't and then we cut to the backstage where we see that someone has barricade and put a chain lock over the bbc locker room you know and the guy says i need to get some dead bolts to cut this off you know isn't it bcc 
BCC. Yeah. BBC is a television uh, company in England. What fucking Regal's in it? <laughs> <laughs> so, technically, I was right. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you referenced it as the BBC in uh, in British television versus a uh, sexual innuendo as BBC. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, back in the ring, Moxley is trying to fight back to no avail. Then we see MJF come out looking a little conflicted. Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to stop them? Is he not going to stop them? What's going on? Throws off his jacket. He's still frustrated and goes back to the back. Right. Um, but then he comes back out and he decides to, you know, get in the ring. He pushes all the firm out of the way before turning to Stokely and screaming at him and tells him that he's fired, which prompts Stokely to get his little very cheesy grin. Yeah. I don't know what you want to call it. And the firm turns on MJF, including Stokely, who gives some really weak-ass stomps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they rip off MJF's shirt as Ethan Pates hits the uh, Eagle's edge on him, you know. And then the firm tosses MJF to the outside. Morrissey goes to pick him up, and MJF tries to fight back a little bit. But they get the better of him. Morrissey gets him up for the choke slam through the ring announcer's table as we go off the air. So... What you think? I think it's really interesting because this is basically, even though he was going this direction anyway, this is basically MJF being turned face, which I didn't think it would be possible, mm -hmm. but I think the dude can pull it off because you're already seeing glimpses of it now. He's still staying true to who MJF is, but he is doing more babyface type uh tactics i guess would be the word um in the interviews in the one interview with renee for example um he he referenced the the city um he didn't once say anything disparaging about the city if you notice True. you know what i mean so he's getting a baby face turn now that's gonna make things interesting though going into the match between him and moxley because moxley's already baby face so I don't know, man. I kind of think uh, I get where they're going with the storyline, but I think it's kind of interesting timing. Mm -hmm. Like I would have, I would have more expected the turn uh, that the firm did to be after the Moxley match. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the fact that it's happening now, I'm not gonna lie. I'm intrigued. Where are they going with this? I'm not. I'm not uh, against it at all um i'm i'm intrigued i'm i'm wondering where they're going with this what about um, you? i almost feel like it's a it's it's a swerve like like he's it, we've seen in the past i can't remember which match but where someone basically took a beating just to put him off the trail of what he's doing and i could see mjf doing that you know That's being a, a mastermind point. behind that That's a good point that's a very so, good point. The one thing I would have thought they could have done a little bit differently is obviously you have the firm come out, but really they could have utilized Matt Hardy in this aspect because now the firm has his contract. They could have easily oh, utilized yeah, yeah. him in there and brought him into this storyline to give him point. some kind of a TV time, you know? That's a good point. I I, I completely forgot about that. You know? you know, that that's one thing I got to say about AEW that I think they're dropping the ball on. They've got all these storyline things going and we're not seeing all of them played out you know yeah. 
you, you make a good point there. That would have been a good time to bring in Matt Hardy to remind everybody, remember, we got his contract. Because let's be honest, most of you probably forgot. I know I did until, yeah. you, until you said that right now. Um, it's almost like I think they need another show during the week, honestly. Yeah, because uh, that's be, not on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, overall, though, I think it was a great uh, Dynamite. Um, I did uh, like the fact that they did give us kind of an update on uh, – uh mr cowboy shit um yeah hangman page uh letting us know that he was okay uh i mean everybody i think knows it from from social media looking online but uh that was i thought that was good that they went ahead and did mention that so uh, but yeah overall a great dynamite i thought yeah so all right so we're gonna jump into rampage from uh, friday night uh and it starts off with the aw world championship eliminator match between John Moxley versus Matt Menard. Um, Moxley, early on the outside, doing what he does against the ring barricade and everything. They get back in the ring, and Menard starts to get a little bit of offense on Mox. Decent back and forth. Uh, Menard tries to give the stomps to Moxley, but Moxley's able to counter it into a rear naked sleeper for the win. So winner of this match was uh, John Moxley. Um after the match, Stokely Hathaway comes out and tells Mox that he's not going to do anything and uh, he could face Lee Moriarty next week on Dynamite. So basically throwing out a challenge for Lee Moriarty uh, before showing a video of what Lee can do, you know, hyping his Tiger-style match. Uh, Mox tells him he's he's a uh, – tells Stokely that he – or Lee Moriarty that he's hanging with the wrong crowd but accepts the challenge for next week on Dynamite. Um. Now, this has been more of recent than I've seen, but what do you think about this whole eliminator matches they're doing for the titles? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I don't really have an opinion on it just because the matches that I've been seeing are good. And I, I gotta, I gotta say this right up front. Uh, Dyn- uh not Dynamite, I'm sorry. Rampage still has yet to be a huge impact for me. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really care about watching it, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so, but as far as the Eliminator matches go, I kind of think they're filler, personally. I think they're just putting the match together. For I the was sake, thinking the same thing. For the sake of putting a match together. Yeah. You no. Know? So that's really what I think about it. So it's not, I guess it's not that I don't have an opinion. It's just that I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I mean, And I think that this particular match, because you came off an ending dynamite where Moxley just took a beanie and now you have an opening on Rampage two days later. Right, right. And let's be honest, though, the reason why they do that is because it's only an hour long and they're trying to fit as much action in it as possible. Yeah, you're right. So. But you're right. It should continue a storyline. We should be tuning in to... And that's just it. If I would have known or if I would have had confidence knowing that if I tune into Rampage this week, I'm going to get a follow up for what happened to Mox, I probably would have watched. But I kind of already know that's not going to happen because Rampage is just match after match after match after match. Yeah. There's not really anything else. I feel Uh, like uh, Rampage is like the WCW Thunder Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The main thing always happened on Monday. Thunder was just let's throw in all these matches together. It's it's exactly the same way. That's how that's how I feel about Rampage, which don't get me wrong. I love I love great matches and stuff, but it's the same reason why I don't watch uh, the AEW Dark. Yeah. You know, 
um maybe i should right because a lot of times it is independent stars that come up on there um and everything but pro wrestling is about the stories and yeah. and, I, and i'm a guy that loves stories i love independent wrestling as you know we are the you know official podcast for nlw but nlw does stories yeah you know what i'm saying so um right now rampage doesn't feel like it's stories to me it's just let's throw these matches together so we can fill up the hour time slot true you know very true anyway. all right well then we get keith lee versus uh serpentino was that how you pronounce the name serpentico serpentico yeah that guy um squash match you know squash, uh, squash. um then we get Tony Schiavone interviewing Keith Lee in the ring, but the acclaim come out to no rap, but they say that they have a problem. They say that Billy Gunn has gone MIA. And since Swerve is not there tonight, he wants to know exactly where he is. And uh, Tony says that, well, Billy had a family emergency, which the Swerve's like, or the acclaim's like, we're his family. So what kind of fucking family emergency does he have? And he blames Billy for, uh, I'm sorry, we go to the screen and we see Swerve Strickland on the screen with uh billy gunn tied up handcuffed yeah it's weird um he blames billy for costing them their previous title match and swerve has a pair of pliers very sadistic yeah and apparently uses them on billy's hands mind you billy's hands are tied behind his, the chair but we're we're played to know that they he's using them on it basically uh and the video goes blank which prompts the acclaim to run to the back and see what's going on so I don't know what the hell's going on. Okay, that is just some weird saw shit or something. Yeah, I was, you didn't see Rampage, right? No, I didn't see it. Okay, yeah. So this is basically what happened. Like Strickland's like very, yes, very saw on you know style promo on the screen and okay, and he basically like tells him like I'm gonna go after your hands and Billy kind of sells like no oh and like it shows that he like does it even though they don't show it they we could come to you know believe that he did. And Bill's like, ah, oh, sword, ah, oh, damn it. Oh. Like, it was, it was very weird. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's like totally out of left field. Um, it's, it's like, like we already kind of got the hints of Swerve going heelish. Yeah. You know, but that's like a sharp left turn. Yeah. You know, that's like, okay, I hope they can make it work. Cause right now, even just listening to it, I'm just like, what? And what about Keith Lee? Did they show his reaction? He was just kind of like in the ring looking like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, like that you. kind of that kind of look. Like not not anything like like laughing or, or grinning or anything. It was just like what's this guy doing? So I don't know what happens there. Right. Uh but th then we get uh Mrs. Guevara, Ty Mello versus Madison Rain. Uh honestly, I think the last time we saw Ty Mello wrestle was back at uh, all out when she, she took on Ruby Soho and Ortiz with Sammy. Mm. I think it's the last time we saw her. When Ruby uh, got hurt, right? Yeah, when Ruby got hurt. Yeah. This was an okay match. You know, mainly because of Madison Rain. You know, it, it actually went a, a commercial break, so it was it was a pretty decent long match. Um, fucking Tony Schiavone on commentary says that this was a classic wrestler versus sports entertainer match. It was stupid. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ty Mello gets the win. Meh. <laughs> so meh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Then we get an Ethan Page interview about why the firm turned on MJF. And he said that Max changed the plans when he wanted to do things the right way. And he says uh, they announced that there's a uh, going to be a World Championship Eliminator tournament leading up to winners in or winners coming in December. 
So he says that he's entered into the Eliminator Tournament and will win the whole damn thing and face Moxley at Winners Coming. So, uh, so far we know Ethan Page and Devontae Martin are involved in that tournament. So, Gotcha. Uh, the f- main event was the TNT Championship, which I was thinking during the night, like, when's the fucking time we've had the TNT Championship defended and we get a championship match? Uh, Warlow versus Matt Taven of uh, that group that came in with the, yeah from Ring of Honor. Yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Taven targeted the knee of Warlow throughout the match, um, and Warlow sells it for the most part until he gets to the end where he gives the Powerbomb Symphony, and it's like the knee was not a factor after all. Until after the match, and then he starts limping again. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, sell it. Sell yeah. it. Uh, Mike Bennett comes in after the match, attacks the leg again uh, as they double-team Wardlow. Then Samoa Joe comes out to help clear the ring. But then we get Powerhouse Hobbs come out. I saw this clip, yeah. Yeah, it comes out before the embassy comes in and takes out uh, Samoa Joe and Wardlow. And they hold up the TNT title and the Ring of Honor TV title to go off the air. So... Eh, that's okay, Rampage. Like you said, it's it's kind of like the WCW Thunder of AEW, unfortunately. Um, every now and then they'll do a two-hour live one. I mean, this one was live also, mm-hmm. but sometimes they do a two-hour one, which they are allowed to actually do, be a little more creative. But, yeah, Rampage is kind of just like a, a filler match spot of a show. Let me tell you. Okay, it's time for Let Rob. me tell you something, brother. Let, it's time for Rob T's rant. All right. <laughs> Let me tell you the problem with AEW right now. All right? And Tony Khan, I hope you're listening. This is the problem right now with with AEW. AEW does not have enough TV time to get you invested in all of these different characters. Bottom line. Yeah. The problem you have right now, Tony Khan, is that you have AEW and Ring of Honor, and you're trying to mesh the two together. I don't hate the idea of, of doing that at all. I think it's great. The problem is, you don't have enough TV shows to get us to care about these other characters. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't give a shit about anybody in Ring of Honor. The only ones that I care about technically are probably Jericho and maybe Samoa Joe. And that's only because I already know who they are. You know, and the funny thing is, as much as I am a fan of Samoa Joe, I don't really care about him right now because you haven't given me anything to care about. So I don't give a damn about Ring of Honor right now. I really don't. Um, I care about AEW because that's what I've invested in in the past three years, as most of the fans have done. Now you're trying to sprinkle in all these other guys that I've never heard of, and I don't doubt their capabilities. I don't doubt that they're great talents, but I don't care about them. Bottom line. That's where we're at with this. So when you throw them to all together in uh, matches like this, like the way that that Rampage went off the air, it leaves me in a weird spot because I feel like I should care. Right. But the truth of the matter is I don't. And and that's a problem. So I think Tony Khan, you need to really and you and he's and he could already be doing this, quite honestly, but you really need to consider adding another show during the week and adding another hour to Rampage, you know? I mean, at this point in time, forget the competition with WWE. You keep saying that it's not a competition. You're just trying to get the best product out there. Well, you've done a great job with AEW because we're invested, 
but you want to throw in everybody else you need to have i think it makes sense to have a ring of honor show now yeah and then rampage goes two hours right i'm not saying dynamite needs to go three because i think it's perfect the way it is but i think we need to add another personally i think they should move dynamites to mondays go head to head why the hell not granted granted one will be dvr'd and the other one will be watched live but why not dynamite to mondays then have another two-hour show on wednesday right maybe or maybe make wednesday the day you have the ring of honor show make it two hours get us invested in those characters and then rampage on friday if you were to add that other two-hour show even if it's a ring of honor show then on friday when you do rampage yeah okay fine maybe you could keep that an hour but at least it would give us some time to care about these characters that you're trying to throw at us that don't know who the hell they are now having said that i understand that a lot of the fans know who these guys are because they followed ring of honor they followed and i get that to those fans i say great i know you're happy but what about fans like myself i am a pro wrestling fan but i didn't have access to ring of honor i didn't have access to impact okay it's just the truth of the matter and there's a lot of other fans like that out there who don't know who the hell these people are so in turn we don't care so bottom line is tony khan you need to make us care about these characters so that we can get on board rant over <laughs> reach it preach it so i mean am i wrong no you're not wrong i agree they should do try to go head to head the only thing is aside from uh us who grew up in the at era where we you know we literally live for Monday nights where we would flip back and forth. I honestly don't think today's fan had the attention capacity to nah, do two nah. shows. That's and, and, and that's the reason why I'm saying one would be DVR'd yeah. for, for the for the true fan to be like, OK, well, I think I'm more interested in watching Raw today and I'll, I'll just watch Dynamite later. I yeah. think that's kind of the that's kind of more the attitude that would be taken now in this day and age. But yeah. I do think there needs to be another show. Bottom line. No, mm -hmm. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, overall, a good week of professional wrestling. Yes, sir. Uh, I think WWE definitely came out on top this week. Uh, definitely. In regards to that, especially with the whole SmackDown thing with the bloodline. Yeah, um, for sure. But still a good, good, uh, good show. I agree. I agree. Uh, listen, before we get off the air, and, and we want to thank you guys for sticking with us. This has been a great discussion. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, Chris, I think it might make a difference if we do it in the morning because I was definitely energized and more energized. <laughs> and, and and it felt like I don't know about you, but it kind of feels like we've we've been talking for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I've I've had more input today than I've had in the past. And I think yeah. a big part of it is because we do it so late. <laughs> yeah. We're so, just like, let's get it over with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Maybe we should think about changing that, but we'll talk about that more later. All right, um, but my wife might judge me because usually we do the recap shows. I have beer, so we're doing it in the morning. There's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Maybe this might need to be a group meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, um, before we uh, say goodbye for today, just want to remind you that uh, next week, next weekend, I should say, uh, NLW will be in Crystal City on November 6th uh for ascension right that's what it's called yeah yeah it's gonna be a great card um i'm going to be reaching out to elijah this uh, next few days i want to try and get if not him uh somebody that will be on the card uh to interview them for our next uh for our show next week um but uh 
I will be at the show. I am definitely going. Um, and uh, if you're not able to make it, Chris, I'll make sure that you get the footage so we can yeah. do a recap on it. By the way, I was uh, confused because you mentioned to uh, Elijah about your Christmas party. Are you doing it next Saturday? No. <laughs> You, that's what you said on the last podcast. Did I? Said, okay, I'm yes. sorry. That's why I was confused. I'm like, what the hell? Why is he no, doing no, no, Christmas sorry. party in I'm November? Sorry. I, I messed up. No, no, my Christmas party is in December. I'll, I'll like, make sure. I'll make sure to clear that up with him. I, yeah. I, I, I get. Who's sitting there waiting for your call? Yeah, it's like, oh, like I can't come. He's crying in his bed <laughs> in the fetal position. No, the reason why I was mentioning it was because remember he said the event, the the December event was going to be on the nineteenth. I think. Okay. And it's the day after my party. Okay. Yeah, that was that was why I brought it up. So yeah, I'm sorry, I, I screwed that up. But yeah. So <laughs> anyway, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, this beautiful Saturday morning. Um, hope you enjoyed the recap, and uh, we look forward to next week when we'll have more awesome pro wrestling action, pro wrestling discussions. Um, we haven't even decided yet what we're going to talk about uh, for next week's show. Uh, but hopefully nope. we, we will have a guest with us so that we can talk to them about NLW Ascension coming up next weekend, November 6th. Um, excited. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but listen, you guys out there have a happy Halloween. Be uh, safe. Be safe. If any of y'all dress up like a pro wrestling character, please take some pictures. Drop it in our, our, our Facebook or our Instagram. We want us. Well, Facebook, right? You can't do it in Instagram. Uh drop it on our facebook page we'd love to see it um definitely definitely want to check those out um but until next week we want to wish you guys a great weekend a happy halloween and of course remember we love you dearly so we'll see you next week bye 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 you've been listening to the mega powers pro wrestling podcast if you'd like to contact the show with your input or questions Email us at megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. That's megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. Also find us on all social media by searching Megapowers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, we wish you good vibes and Godspeed.